Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Two Tongues Podcast. I am your host, Kyle. Chris here. How you guys doing? What's up, what's up? Well, how are you doing? Well, I'm happy to be back together with you, buddy. Yeah, yeah. Uh, today, today we're going to be doing what the third installment and what's intended to be the final installment in the uh, Good Old Days series. The Not So Good Old Days. This one entitled The Not So Good Old Days. Which, you know... There's good, there's good mixed in there. Although I feel like uh, this was not a great period for me. I mean, granted, this when I say period for me in my notes, this is like a twelve year period. It's a long so, stretch. Yeah, it's that it's that dark period that people don't people don't warn you about from <coughs> uh, from the time you graduate high school, shortly after the time you graduate high school, until the time you decide to take some responsibility and stop uh, complaining about and being bummed out about yeah. how hard everything is. Exactly. As, as That's exactly it. And for some people, that takes a couple years, and for some people, it takes decades. Some people never do it. Some people never do it. Yeah. You're right about that. So. Um, hey, before we jump into this. What's up? Um, I want to uh, mention we got an awesome new logo for the podcast. Fuck yeah, we did. For those people who uh, who haven't noticed that yet, um, we we did have a little bit of trouble getting on uh, Apple Podcasts, and I'm happy to happy to uh, advise the listeners that we're now streaming on Apple Podcasts. Yep, yes, we are streaming. Are we? We're not streaming. We're not streaming, but we're, I think it is some kind of streaming. We're who available knows? there, it's though. The, it's it's internet stuff. <laughs> it's internet stuff. Point is. Uh, point is, we did have trouble, obviously, because the uh, the logo was something hand drawn, and we had some trouble getting it to work. Because Apple's a bunch of bitches, is really. Well, they were kind is. enough to accept the uh, feed, so I'm, I'm just gonna keep my mouth shut about Apple. Yeah, all right, <laughs> thanks, guys. But uh, but shout out to uh, shout out to Seven Star Marketing who helped us out with that project. Uh, it looks good. Really pleased with it. Yeah, I, li- I like all the you know. It looks great. I tell you what, man, I. I look at that uh, that image, and we have a couple different ones. But I look at the image, in the colors and everything, and I just can't help but imagine that on t-shirts. So we got to figure out how to get it on t-shirts. Hell yeah! With our like thirty-five listeners, where all of you guys are buying <laughs> t-shirts. Every, I'm going to be like Oprah. Everybody gets a t-shirt. <laughs> no, you have to buy it though. We're not giving it away to you, like Oprah. We're not that. We're not Oprah. I mean, we're know. not Oprah. You got to buy it. Yeah, you got to buy it, and, but you have to buy it and pay the shipping. Yeah. <laughs> All right. This is an Amazon, guys. All right. We don't. We don't have any. We don't have a store yet. So, but it's you know who knows. Call us. You all know us. Call us. <laughs> Give us a call. So yeah, I mean, so I have some notes here about this stuff, but before I get into that, I have some notes about your podcast that you did, the solo one. Yes. Let's hear um, it. Which which one? The latest one? Yeah, the oh, latest one. Sweet. All so right. So basically, I mean, it's not it's not a whole lot, but it's just uh, you were talking about Neil deGrasse Tyson in there. Mm-hmm. I can't stand Neil deGrasse Tyson. Mm. Um, you know, I, I said this in one of the other solos that I did. He said he's got like interesting factoids and stuff, but he is the most like condescending, um, pretentious. Uh, he, do you know what I'm talking about? He puts on this like just the way I, I can't even do an impression of him, but just his <laughs> voice. He drives me crazy. And so, you're you're totally right about what you said about him in that. That is like the most unscientific. You know, saying, "Oh, well, you're you're concentrating on the wrong things. Don't concentrate on the things we don't know." It's like, what are you fucking talking about? Yeah, yeah. So I get your point, man. The thing that comes across about Neil deGrasse Tyson, especially in Cosmos, because that's a show on network TV, mm-hmm. and it's kind of a legacy show because it go, goes back to the '70s version with Carl Sagan, or maybe it was the '80s. Yeah. And uh, you know, what what I what I notice about him in there is that like he focuses on things like climate change and oh, yeah. some of these like um, political 
areas. Well, I'm sitting here watching, listening to this documentary on physics because I want to hear about physics, man. I don't, I don't want to get into politics. Don't bring, don't bring Obama into this conversation, sir. Yeah, exactly. Don't bring climate change into this conversation. Tell me about the fucking stars, Neil. Nope. I want to hear about the fucking stars, Neil. Yeah, dude. Uh, do you ever see that episode he did with Rogan? I mean, he's done a bunch with Rogan. Mm-hmm. But I think it was the last one that he did. He was just like interrupting Joe, being completely disrespectful. But you could tell that he wasn't even thinking about it as he was being disrespectful. He just thought that Joe should shut up and listen to him talk, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I thought that was related to the same point that I brought up um, in, in my podcast when I was talking about him in the solo episode, is that what, what Neil deGrasse was trying to do was steer the conversation in, in the way that he, that he thought it was productive. So we're going we're gonna to have the conversation like this. Yeah, that's a good point. You know, and yeah. and, it, and that also does come across as as arrogant for sure. Yeah, definitely. And I and I agree with you. I don't think that Neil thought he was being that way, but that's how it, that's how it seemed. Yeah, there's this great video of somebody who like clipped all the parts out where Neil deGrasse Tyson was like walking all over Joe Rogan and yeah. Joe's reactions. Like eventually, <laughs> I, I don't know how Neil wasn't picking up the hints. Joe was very obviously irritated. Oh God, I, yeah. I got to watch that I'll that s- montage. That sounds yeah, awesome. That yeah, sounds awesome. Um, another thing that I have is that I don't know how you got through all of that talking about tiny packages without yep. making a dick joke. Like, I don't <laughs> know, know how you did that. See, listen, um, I struggle sometimes when I'm doing those solo podcasts because, because first of all, this is the stuff that's in my head. So I want to talk about it. I want to get it out of my head. Yeah. But I also think that sometimes it might be better if I had those conversations with you. Okay. So, like, if you were there to make the tiny dick joke when I was talking about quantum traveling and discrete yeah, yeah. small packages, that would have been great. Yeah. I didn't fucking have that thought, Kyle. Um, yeah, well, I mean, you know, that's a good point. Um, the other, the only other note that I have on it is that you said people might know Heisenberg from his uncertainty principle. People know Heisenberg from Breaking Bad, dude. I mean, that <laughs> is where people know Heisenberg so, from. This is America. This is this is why I needed you on there. And. So, that was that. Those were my notes. Yeah, well, let me th- let me tell you, man. The reason, the reason that I don't have those solo episodes um, with you, is because, um, part of the reason is because I'm afraid that you will be bored by it. <laughs> no, no. I, I mean, I think we could even eventually we could even do episodes where look we retackle some of that stuff together because I'm definitely not bored by it. Uh, okay, that'd be cool. Yeah. So I think so I think and we're going to probably talk about this today, but I think that some of this is like a carryover. It's like a uh uh it's like a hang up that I have from uh from my from my first marriage. Mm-hmm. So we we'll, we'll talk about that I'm sure during the during this uh, during this podcast today. Um but but when, whenever I would talk about stuff like that uh, to her, it, it went absolutely nowhere. And, and on top of that, it was like abundantly clear that she didn't give a shit. She, yeah. want, she wanted me to know that the world didn't give a shit and that, uh, you know, I, I was annoying her to tears. So, so it was like the most discouraging way to possibly, you know, o- open yourself up. Yeah. And, uh, and as a, as a result of that, I think I kind of carry that with me a little bit where sure. I'm afraid, I'm afraid, oh, afraid I, to talk I about imagine. it. Yeah. Um, I think opening yourself up like that to someone, you know, making yourself vulnerable is scary and can be painful if they don't react the right way, regardless of what you're talking about. But then you start talking about some like esoteric, you know, 
things that are hard for, I mean, I'm not, a lot of people don't think about that kind of stuff. You know what I mean? And they're not interested in thinking about that kind of stuff. It's boring to them and they think you're weird if you're thinking about it. Oh yeah, absolutely. You know, well, I've been thinking about, I've been thinking about that myself, uh, like thinking that I'm weird because I, I've been hung up on this idea and you might remember this, me talking about this at the end of that podcast about, um, the idea of, um, the holographic universe theory mm-hmm. and trying to understand what they mean when they say that the, that the, f- that the foundation of reality, that whatever the structure is behind reality, uh, that that on the most fundamental level, it could be something like information. And I, and I've been really struggling with that because there's so, something about that seems to be right. Yeah. It strikes me as like, there's some, something in there that's valuable, but I, it's so confusing to me to try to make sense of what that means that I'm not sure what that, what that is that that's valuable but i saw so i'm just kicking that idea in my head uh back and forth yeah uh and that's that's like the next the next level of the uh you remember when i did that episode on the images uh from the mystic experience yeah yeah the, what's a picture worth is what the, yep. the name of the episode was it's one of those things where i have something in my head that i'm toying around with mm-hmm. and trying to figure out how it makes sense of what the meaning is behind it but at this level it's it's it, 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 it's not coherent. It's if I tried to talk about it right now, it would be, it would be just babble. It would be sure. nonsense. Yep. So I'm going to just keep kicking it around until it makes sense. And then I'll bring it to all you guys. Then you get to chew it over. Yep. Yep. Um, yeah, I definitely, uh, like I, we were saying before, that kind of stuff is hard to talk about. So, you know, it is hard to talk about. That's that's the thing, man. Talking about God and talking about this, all the science stuff, trying to find a way of making a story out of it and uh, and and using analogies because that's the only way I can understand that stuff is to yeah. imagine it in some other way. Yeah. And then trying to make make that make sense to other people is fucking hard. Yeah. Try describing something to someone that you've never seen before. You know, it's like, I mean, it's this thing. <laughs> I, you know, I don't know. It's hard. It's hard to talk about. But. Yes, indeed. Uh, what 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 you got as far as the uh, oh the- yeah so getting getting to it all right so this is for me the, all right now I, when we did these good old days episodes before episode one and two one thing I mentioned is that I had a lot of bullet points for the young days mm-hmm. and a little bit fewer for the kind of the middle school age days and now I'm now I'm getting from like late teens to the present and I have like a third of the amount of bullet points so there's a lot fewer things to talk about so we'll see. But did you do the same kind of process where you like sat there and thought about things like kind of chronologically and then, yeah, I did. Yeah. Yeah. Thing is though, I haven't, I haven't really, um, I haven't really sat down and thought more about it since I put these notes together Got it. and I did them all at once. So all oh. the, all the material that we had for all oh, three really? episodes, I, I did that all at once. Got it. I've spent, I've broken it up. I've done it like kind of. You know, I did a huge bulk of it and that was maybe the first two episodes and then then there's there was one more and this is the fourth one right uh i think this is the third one is it the third one it doesn't matter we have a fact checker matthew the fact checker (laughs) will let us know uh yep uh so yeah i I mean i've got i've got a a good amount of stuff i didn't i do think it's weird how i feel like i remember i remember things from back further more than i remember recent stuff i couldn't agree more it's weird isn't that weird I, I, here's my theory, man. My, my theory is that as an adult, your life gets more and more monotonous. It gets more and more like you're doing the same thing, especially when you're working a job like most people do um, that they don't really love. 
the work, the work becomes something to get through mm-hmm. and the days become something to get through. So all that stuff ble- bleeds together and w- Monday f- feels just point. like Tuesday. So I basically have two hours in the morning and two hours in the evening that are, um, valuable time with where like memories are made where I have experiences with my friends and family and the weekends. Yeah. The rest of that time, it kind of like disappears. Yeah. And that, that's why time seems to go by faster when you're, when you're an adult yep. because you, we just erase all the bullshit that doesn't matter. And it's like most of our lives. It's fucking terrible. Yeah. So that's my theory. My thing with it, it's, it's not like I can't pull some memories out of my head. I definitely can. One thing that I've noticed is that I have, with the later period of my life, I have a really hard time plugging things in to where they should go, like chronologically. Like, I have a memory, but I'm just not sure Hold on, when it second. happened. Uh, my wife just came down and brought me a coffee. Hey, thank you, Jessica. All right. So, yeah. Like, I have these... So, I bounce back and forth between Cleveland and Columbus a few times, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and... Some of these things, it's like, I don't know, did this memory that I have in Columbus, was this this time that I was down there, or uh, was it the next time that I was down there? Yep. Uh, it's so, it's so, really hard to place a lot of that. Yeah, and, and w- so one of the reasons why that is, um, I saw this on a documentary not long ago, and so I, I forgot, forgive me for interrupting your your flow there. I was done. That there was this documentary talking about memories, how, how we make memories, like, you know, what we know about that, because mm-hmm. there's a lot of shit that happens in the brain that we have no idea yeah, about. Yeah. And uh, basically what, what they said was that when you, re- when you recall a memory, that um, changes happen to, to that uh, recollection, and then you sort of resave the memory. So every time you remember something, you, the, the story changes. Your your past changes, oh, okay. And, so, and, okay. and sometimes it's in subtle ways, and sometimes it's in less subtle ways. And then you'll sometimes you'll find that if you are talking about a memory, which you know, I'm, I'm maybe that'll come up today, when you're talking about a memory that somebody else remembers, and you remember it one way, and they're like, no, <laughs> no, it, did, it didn't. It didn't go down that way. Yeah. The problem is that one of you guys has had one of those, one of, or both, maybe both of you, have had one of those things happen where something significant has changed with the memory that's been resaved. Mm-hmm. And every time you remember something, it's like that. You're, you're pulling it from the vault, you're making revisions to it, like, unconsciously, and you're resaving it. Yeah. So that memory that you have from, you know, childhood has been changed, you know, a thousand times. Yep. Yeah, that's, that's interesting. Um, I, I, do, I wonder, I, I mean... That is weird to think about because a lot of the stuff that I remember, you know, there are some things that are like, ah, I can't really remember it. A lot of it seems very clear, though, in, yeah. in a lot of ways. Yeah. But so. but, but in, an, in an important detail like chronology, oh, yeah. you, you're yeah, like, absolutely. I can't be sure. Mm-hmm. That's weird, For man. Sure. It's weird. Yeah. So, 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 yeah, where do you begin? Where we kind of left off last time was, you know, I was, I was down there. Uh, I was working at JCPenney's. I was engaged. Mm-hmm. I was living yeah. with Matt in the apartment over there. Um, and that is where things started to like, fall, you know, the wheels started to come off a little bit. Like yeah. the first wheel, you know, the first of four popped off of there. So I remember, you know, I was engaged to Mary at well, that actually, point in time. Actually, before you, before you start telling that story, my first bullet point 
was who didn't date Mary. That was my first bullet point. <laughs> you and, didn't. Well, that's true. <laughs> but but remember, and, and I don't mean no disrespect to Mary at all. But um, so if, if just saying it that way sounds a little bit harsh, but I don't mean I don't, I don't mean it that way. I don't mean it that way. But uh, I remember I was just taking little bullet points, and they were, for me they were just little phrases that would help me remember the stories. And my first bullet bullet point was who didn't date Mary, and, <laughs> and so I want I just wanted be, for context I just have to say that that Mary was a character in the the saga of uh, of the of, of the Chris and Kyle show um, that she she goes back to basically middle school age with me so I I oh, knew really? I knew her I don't think I knew that yes so I knew her going back that far but never like never was friends with her even acquaintances with her really yeah until uh, she dated Matt. Mm-hmm. Um, she worked at Cinema City. That's how they knew each other. Right? Yes, yeah. yes. So she dated her buddy Matt Matthew, who, who I've talked about on the on the podcast before many times. And they dated for a long time. And when we were all friends at that time, so just so the audience understands, um, me and Kyle and Matt were like the, like I said, the tripod. The, our little group of friends was was pretty small. That was us. Yeah. And Mary was dating Matt for, I mean, at least a year, right? Yeah, I think so. And this was back when we were teenagers, so that's a long time for a relationship. Mm-hmm. And you were friends with him and us and her all together, and that was how it was. Matt was with Mary. Yeah. At some point, that fell apart. We don't want to. I have to get into Matt's dirty laundry, but that that stuff fell apart. And then how long? How long till uh, for Matt and Mary break up till you started? A, I think dating there him? was a good period of time in there. Um, but I, I don't really remember. That's like that chrono, chron, uh, la, la, the chrono. I can't say that chronology. word. Yeah, exactly. That's the word I'm looking <laughs> la, la, la. for. <laughs> so, but so I, I'm pointing out for the audience's sake, because you because you glanced right over top of that, that uh, that the Mary that you're talking about, who played an important role, who you just mentioned you were engaged to, yeah, who played an important role in your life at that time, had already been in your life for a, a while as a friend, and str- more even more strangely was romantically involved with our very good friend. Yeah. So, well, the thing with that is, uh, you know, like I said, like you said, we were friends, and I think that Mary and I were pretty good friends. Um, and you know, sometimes that happens when people are good friends. You know, just something, something kind of pops up there. Mm. I don't mean that metaphorically <laughs> in any way, um, but you know, so you know, that's kind of where that came from. And in hindsight. I mean, Mary was, Mary was a great person. Uh, I don't really know that that was a great idea, um, yep. you know, for my own. I, I was. When, when, Kyle, I when, when say? Kyle says he doesn't know it was a great idea, he's saying he's, he's, he means dating Mary, whether that was a good idea. Okay, go ahead. <laughs> um, what was I saying? Oh, that, well, I don't know where you were going, yeah. but I, and I don't want to interrupt you, but I do have one thing I want to say about about Mary that Go ahead. predates this chronologically and that is that yeah. when that when Mary and Matt broke up that I hung out with Mary quite a lot. Yeah, I remember that. Now, I was I don't remember if I was married at that time. I might have been already. I, maybe I was. But I was ha- doing spending a lot of time with Mary because her and I were friends. We hung yeah, out, yeah. we hung out like like I said, uh, you know, with you and Matt, we hung out all the time. Um and after her and Matt broke up, I felt very bad for Mary at that yeah. time. And it, a lot of that has to do with the fact that uh, that Matt dated my sister and uh, that she sort of broke his heart. Yeah. And I felt so bad for Matt at the time uh, because all, how all that went down, that's sort of how me and Matt became friends in the, in the first place. To see something sort of similar happen uh, with between Matt and Mary, I was just, I, you know, I just had a soft spot in my heart and I felt, sure. I felt very bad. So 
I wanted to make sure she had a, a friend while she was going through that hard time. And her social group was so connected to us that, you know, that kind of sucks, man. Like, oh, yeah. You know what I mean? It's like you lose, you have a breakup and then you lose all your friends. Exactly. Yeah. And at the time when you probably need somebody to talk to the most, yeah. you got nobody. So anyway, I hung out with her. Uh, I would, I would, uh, her and I would go have lunch with my ex-wife. We would go drive up to her work and have, and have lunch with her sometimes. We would watch movies together. Uh, like, you know, we'd, we'd watch like Harry Potter together. Do you think your wife, your ex-wife thought that you were banging Mary? Um, I don't know if she did or not, but. Um, I think the thought crossed her mind. Yeah. Um, but nothing ever, ha I mean, obviously nothing ever happened. So, I mean, th this leads back to what I remember what I was saying. Kay. Me taking that on, that relationship on was not a good idea because I put myself into a scenario where there's like built in opportunities for jealousy amongst your like friends and stuff like oh, that, yeah. which is not, not great, you know? No. Um, and I was not equipped at the time to deal with that kind of stuff. No, you know, no. Uh, so that's a good way of putting it. Yeah. I, I was just in over my head. You yeah. know, I put myself in a situation that was like, not, it's like, I look back at it now. It's like, why did I do that? You know, it's like when people say, don't, I know why I did it though, because Mar I liked Mary. I yeah. mean, she was smart. She was funny. Yep. Uh, you know? Um, so yeah, it's like, but, it's like, yeah. it's like people say that you shouldn't go into business with family. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, that's the kind of warning somebody should have given you yeah, <laughs> going yeah. into that. But we're dumb kids. Yeah, I mean, you know, and, you know, you make mistakes, you grow. And I agree with you that uh, Mary Mary is very smart, and uh, she was she was fun to hang out with and, and all that. Um, and that brings me back to the end of my, my little story, is that for four months, I'm spending, like, all this time with Mary. I'm getting shit from it from, from my wife at the time, like you said from time to time mm -hmm. which is like part of the reason why we would go have lunch with her was so that she wouldn't be suspicious that we were you know gotcha whatever yeah there was no reason but nobody else had any inkling that there was anything going on it was just you know yeah made her uncomfortable and the point is i did all that i i, I had like basically unnecessary strain in my relationship because of that trying to be a, a good friend sure and when when mary uh kind of when you and Mary split up and uh, sh she was kind of hanging out with other with other s social group, uh, other other people, basically, that I didn't hang out with. Yeah. Um, I hadn't seen her in a while. And I saw her one day, I think at your, at your place um, or Matt's place, I can't remember what. Um, I saw her and was telling her how nice it was to see her and all this stuff. And she said to me, I can't remember how this went down. And this is going to sound harsh, but I'm going to say it because it still stings. It still hurts my fucking heart yeah. that she she said, uh we were never friends. That's what she said to me. Ouch. I, w I was like, I was like, you know, shit, Mary, how you been? You know, I haven't seen you in for so long. How, you know, how are things? And, and, and it wasn't like that she was directly that mean about it. She didn't just look at me and say, we were never friends, but she did say that in the conversation. Like she was surprised that I was interested in how, and what was going on with her. Ouch. And yeah. And I don't know, I don't know, man, because I don't know if I did anything to, to when you say, I'm sorry, go ahead. If you did anything to do what? If I did anything to, to kind of cause that, like, like I didn't, I didn't stay in touch when she started hanging out with those other people, yeah. you know, like maybe, maybe I should have made an effort or something. But, but the point is that her, her like surprise on her face was so genuine that I knew in her heart, she didn't believe her and I were friends yeah. and we known each other since we were 12 and I spent months with her as a shoulder to cry on and we spent years 
going to movies together, hanging out, hanging out as, as, as friends together, yeah. going to her house. I knew her brother. We went, I, the only time I ever went ice skating was with Mary yeah. and her brother and sister. I thought I was friends with her. Yeah. Sure of it. And she looked at me in my face and said, we were never friends. Fucking ouch. Yeah. Well, that's one of the things I wanted to know is the kind of one of the things we've been talking about is what time period that uh, that goes in. You know, like I know you said that me, you, it was maybe at me and Matt's place. Do you remember maybe which place? Because I, 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 what I want, I'm trying to figure out is how long had it been? Like how much separation? Because I could see. I want to say it was High Street. And I want to say that she that that was the time when she she knew the guy that she would end up, end up marrying. So it, it was it was at that time where you guys were already uh, deep deeply entwined in this other social group that I was not a part of. Yeah. Um, okay. But I don't know. I don't exactly know when to. Yeah, yeah, it's hard. Th- this, these are these are the dark ages, as far as I'm concerned, because <laughs> because you and Matt, like I say, um, I don't have I don't have a whole lot of friends. Uh, I'm one of these people that has a really good relationships Tight-knit group. Yeah, yeah, rather than having a bunch of acquaintances. And when you and Matt were kind of doing your thing during this period, yeah, um, I was pretty much living at home with uh, with a, a wife who fucking hated me, and uh, you know, raising somebody else's kid, and and you know, see that's the thing it's like you say that we were off doing our own thing and i do completely understand why you feel that way but that's kind of how we felt too it's like you're married you've got a kid and your wife fucking hates both of us so (laughs) i gotta tell the audience this and i might be skipping ahead a little bit because we haven't even finished this whole mary story yet but um but i so guys so guys i got married to a girl that I was uh, dating in high school, we were dating since I was 16. So I made a I made a really kind of a dumb decision, if for all, kind of a white knight sort of a reason that w- maybe we'll get into a little bit more. Um, and the and I just made a bad decision. I just made a terrible decision as a young person with who, with an, I was an idiot. Just like we all we person. all make I those mean, types of mistakes yeah. without realizing the consequences of them. And uh, I can't remember where I was going with this story. Um. um. I don't, yeah, I don't know. I'm trying to fish it out too, but yeah. I don't remember. What were we talking about just before that? <laughs> um, I don't remember, man. Uh, you were talking oh, about. Oh, I, I, I remember. I remember what I wanted to say. Okay. So I just was wanted the audience to know that because I was so young when all this happened. You know, like I was. I was. The point is, I was so young. I had a job, like a. I had a big boy job, as Kyle said. <laughs> I, I was. Go, I was working full time and going to college. Uh, it took me like six years to get my my bachelor's degree because I. That's how I was doing it. Yeah. And uh, again, I only had I only had this couple of friends. Yeah. And because the woman who I was with was so terrible, um, that she made it so uncomfortable for any of she really for did, any yeah. of my friends. That I had like a little man cave that I had set up in in the basement, and I had like a that place was sweet. I had like, I had like a PS4 when when it was like brand new and super expensive and nobody had one. I had an awesome like uh, an awesome TV down there that, when TV. nobody had one, and I paid like three thousand dollars for the damn TV back then. And uh, I, you know I had like surround sound and it, it was like you know bar, it, it, it was awesome down there. It was this little room. It was yeah. awesome. And then I bought a hot tub. So because so just imagine this. And I, I, again, guys, I wasn't, I wasn't, I didn't have the money for this stuff, but somehow I think somehow I, I thought, and, and I, I don't remember thinking this at the time. I'm just telling you in hindsight, this may have been what was going on that I was sort of bribing my friends. 
to come over. Like, come over, guys. Hang out with me. I know my my wife's terrible and it's going to make it miserable for you. But while you're here, you can sit in the hot tub. We can play some games. We can watch some movies. It'll be so much fun. And uh, and still, you guys came over like twice a year. <laughs> no, we came over more than that. Uh, but more than that, yeah. There were, um, yeah, there were definitely times where we would come over and things would be awkward, you know. Um, and I feel like, as, as your friend that you've been friends with since you were five, she gave me like maybe a little bit more slack than she even gave people like Matt and you're, stuff like you're that. You're right. You're right. You know, I, I think that. Um, I had it easy, maybe a little bit. <laughs> Listen, I don't want to. I don't want to talk about her too much because yeah, there's, yeah. there's a big chunk of this that I'm going to want to talk about that has to do with that. Sure. Um, I, I just wanted. I just wanted to mention the the man cave and trying to get you, kind of lure yeah. you guys over. That's but true. I, I also want to mention the story that cracks me up about the man cave. Is that it, all right? First of all, I had a dehumidifier down there because it was one of those partial basements. It was half of the house. The other half was gravel, and you could kind of see over the over the concrete wall on the laundry room side all the gravel that, and there was just dirt under there. The point is that moisture would seep up through the ground into that gravel. So we had a dehumidifier going to pull the water out. The point is, it got a little. Sometimes it got a little musty down there if if, if there was too much moisture. If I didn't empty the de- dehumidifier. And there were times where Matt would. <laughs> I forgot all about that. There, Holy shit! There were times when Matt, <laughs> when Matt would come over, and and it was like the it was like the it was like the mold or something would would bother him, and he he would have like an allergic reaction. <laughs> so we're Dude, sitting, I completely forgot about that. So we're sitting on this on this couch, you know, in the dark with the surround sound, watching Star Trek or something awesome on uh, on on Blu-ray. And man, Matt's eyes would just swell up, swell up close. And, and he would so, get like delirious too. No, no, no. That's where I'm going. So, oh so it was, it was always awful, you know, and we didn't, so this is the thing, guys, we didn't want to go upstairs because that's where, that's where the ex, the ex was. And she was terrible. Going upstairs is like, is like, it's like open, walking up the steps and opening that door is like opening up the, the freaking Normandy beach, you know, uh, you know, or what, what do they call the beach, the beach, uh, the beaches D-day. in Normandy and the ID day. There was two of them. Anyway, it was like opening up that door was like walk, was like walking into Normandy. That's uh, not an exaggeration. It was that awful. So we just wanted to stay down there away from, from all of that. And Matt's like literally dying. <laughs> So I so I go upstairs and I get I get a um, I get a uh, Sudafed because I think if he's having an allergic reaction that maybe that would help. So I give Matt some Sudafed, and after about like twenty minutes, <laughs> after about like twenty minutes, Matt Matt looks like he's falling asleep. It's like six thirty in the evening. He's got no reason to be tired. And he, he looks oh, over, he looks yeah. over at us and he's just like his, his his swelling looks a little better yeah. but his eyes look so heavy because that dude is high he looks at us and he's like man I'm tired yeah he, so, he said it in this like groggy voice though he was like man I'm tired <laughs> I will never forget that again I can't believe I I did so Matt comes oh over I have to bribe him to come over he's sitting there in the freaking mold palace with his eyes swelled shut I got I got to cut open his eyes like fucking Rocky Balboa so he like, so he could continue to watch the movie and he's just drug, drugged out of his mind just just to hang out with me poor guy I just yeah I just had the memory of uh your dog's Bruce and Cypress popping him Ah, uh, yeah, yeah. Bruce was a Bruce was a little dickhead, a little pain in the ass. Cypress was awesome. Cypress is a good dog. Yeah. yeah. Um. So that's we're, hilarious. So we're talking. We're talking about Mary. You want to loop back around? Um. <laughs> yeah. I mean, 
So basically, I was just talking about when things started to get dark for me, and so I was. Mary was like house sitting for the 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 people that you both worked for back in the day. Oh yeah, and um, I was over there and. I was supposed to go to work at Penny's the next day, and I missed. I like, I didn't go. It was like mandatory overtime, mm. and they fired me for that. Yep. So there's the first like, pl- you know, plank that falls out. Uh, then Mary and I, you know, she broke up with me, um, and I was, you know, I was real upset about that. Would you say you deserved that? Oh yeah. I mean, <laughs> um, I just think that there were a lot of things about that that didn't. Like, we used to fight, like, crazy. It's not a, good, not a good sign in the beginning. Yeah. Um, so, you know, I, I, it wasn't like... She she wasn't, like, particularly mean or anything about it. She just broke up with me. Yep. But uh, there was other stuff going on that I just don't really... You know, I'm not going to talk about, really. Yep. I'm not going to get too into detail Listen, about... I, I feel bad interrupting you, but I have to say... Oh, and this is my... I don't know, man. Maybe... I, I'm just going to point this out. That you brought up that Mary and I worked at the same place. Yeah. And I sort of forgotten about that until you brought it up. But <laughs> that's great. But it's true that it's true that uh we worked together twice. And at and at that second time, which is what you're referring to, um, I helped her to get that job and worked with her there for for a while. And she continued to work there for long after I left. And yet in her mind, her and I were never friends. So yeah. I'm just bringing that back up because I feel like that's the you just added a cherry on top of that of that sore sore subject for me. Yeah, well, that's kind of why I was trying to figure out earlier what time period that was because, like I said, the more like separation that's in, maybe it has become something different in her mind. Mm-hmm. Maybe she has imagined some reason. Like, like what I'm trying to say is that maybe you did something that offended her in some way. And then she's just trying to like get you in the ribs a little bit, you know. Well, but could, I don't know. I mean, that's yeah, all speculation. That, that could be. And if that was the case, I, I, I you know, sure would, like sure would, <laughs> I sure would have liked to know, you know. But, uh, yeah. <clears throat> but I feel like I'm just bitching about it now. The point is, man, that is this was this has been like half a lifetime ago, and it still hurts my feelings when I think about it. Sure. So, you know. Yeah, getting dissed by someone you consider a friend is not uh, not fun. Jordan Jordan Peterson always says that if you have like a. Uh, a memory and it's like um, I don't know if he calls it traumatic but if you have a memory that you are holding on to for one reason or another and um, it, and it keeps coming back after a year mm-hmm. that that's something that you haven't processed psychologically and it it, it, it does constitute a trauma and wow. it's, some, it's something that should be resolved so there's a few things in my life that I could point to like that this is one of them okay for me it's a serious thing serious thing man All right. for me so I'm 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 a, I'm a softy man. I so whatever. Take it take it with a grain of salt. I'm a, I'm a pussy. You're a softy. I wouldn't call you a pussy, but you're you know. I mean, I, I definitely can be too. I like to I like to imagine that I'm a little, you know. I try to be hard. But. <laughs> you're a big guy, so you get away with it. <laughs> um. So yeah. I, I mean, just like I said, all of that stuff. You lost your job I, at JC I didn't really have any direction. You know, I just happened to have that job that was an okay job yeah. for my, you know, for my age at for that your, point in time. Absolutely, absolutely. Um so but I didn't like have any direction and then all of a sudden the job that I just happened to have that was good and my fiance both gone. Mm. So then I, you know, I'm not I have to find these jobs. I didn't have a car at the time. Um so that was a pain in the ass. Yep. Uh, finding jobs until uh, until I was like 24 when I got my license finally um, 
was a real pain in the ass, you know? Oh, yeah. So, uh, but that was like, that was one of the things too. It's like, I, I was working these jobs. I worked at Old Navy. I remember that. Yep. Not making a ton of money. Uh, having to pay rent, uh, not being able to do it a lot of time. Because, I mean, I'm sure that I made enough money to pay my meager rent at the time. But I was also a very irresponsible person. Oh, yeah. you know, I was doing whatever I wanted to Yep. Um, as far as spending my money went. So, you know, so I was having a hard time paying rent. And I, I remember at that point, my Uncle Roland helped me. You know, he, really? he like gave me money to pay my rent. But eventually it just wasn't working out. So me, me and Matt moved out of there. Did you ask Roland? Oh yeah, yeah, okay. yeah. Right. Um, it's interesting. Yep. Uh, so that happened. We moved out, and you know that didn't feel good either. It's like I had my own place with my best friend, and now that so uh, so you know it just felt like things were starting to fall apart. I remember that, and there's I had this in my notes. I don't remember if it was like right after I moved out of that out of that apartment, or if I was. You know, if I was still like paying the rent, but I was with my grandparents, I went to, I went and like lived with them for like two months after, mm. after Mary and I broke up. Mm. And I didn't, I remember I went there thinking it was going to be like a weekend. I think they were worried that I was going to like kill myself or something. Oh, but geez. Yeah. I mean, I, I that's why during that time I wasn't really, I was like, when the fuck am I going to go home? You know, like, uh. I, because I wasn't, I've never really been suicidal in my entire life. Right. It's just not like. You know, I've been very depressed and shit, but just never really suicidal. I, I don't remember you living with your, with your grandparents for a stretch of time. It was like two months, yeah. Dude, I don't remember that. Is uh, when they lived out, you know, out in the middle of nowhere. Oh, that's right. Now I remember. Yeah. Because I was picturing their, their old place. Okay. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. I was like, you lived there? Yeah. Well, um, I did live there, but not with them. Um, when my parents separated... We lived there for a little while. Okay. But okay. At, like they were living in their house in the middle of nowhere. That's right. But so I do remember when they when they they bought that house out in the sticks, and you were out there. I do rem- remember that now that you bring it up, yeah. and that that really was the sticks. Oh yeah. Um, what the hills? Yeah. What was your plan there, and why? I, I didn't. I like I said. I you know they were worried about me, and I knew that much. Um, but I didn't think that I was going there for like two months. I thought I was going there for maybe a week, you know? Um, so what, but, so what, you couldn't leave because you didn't have a car? Yeah, I didn't have a car. Uh, and I mean, I didn't, like, I like I liked being there. I love, you, you know. Oh, you were like helping out, though. You were like doing oh, stuff yeah, for them. Oh, yeah, yeah, exactly. yeah, yeah. We, okay. mul- we like cut this, uh, this like bed into the side of a hill and mulched it. And we did all kinds of shit. Yeah, I remember that now. Yep. Um, yeah. So, I mean, up there, you know, that kind of property, there's always something to do. So you were there for a couple of months? Two months, I think. It Was that pretty lonely? It was just you, pretty much? It was just me and my grandparents, did you, yeah. Did you have a t- was that like a, t- like a meditative? Did you have time to think while you were there by yourself? I mean, I wasn't. <laughs> you know, I had time to, but I wasn't. I was, uh, you know, jamming to my CDs and, um, you don't, know. Don't you think jamming to your CDs at that age is kind of, kind of meditative? Kind of, yeah. It That's is true. kind of, you know. But I wasn't being like contemplative, really, uh, like intentionally contemplative. Let's take, was, let's take a little side tour. Uh, when we I just mentioned when you were younger, listening to music, how some of those CDs, because of either because of this, either because of the album or because of the point in your life that that was a really important record for you. Yeah. Is there like one or two that come stand out to you? Yeah, but my. I don't listen to a lot of that same kind of music anymore, so I kind of view that stuff more as like a, a highway to get me to where I am now, which I still think I'm on that highway. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, but 
Are you? Yeah, are, like I don't. There are a few albums that I do look back on like fondly and yep. like had they have a special place, but not a ton, honestly, from that because like. I mean, a lot of that music, I just don't really dig that much anymore. Uh, no, I understand, and I, I, I get the, I'm getting the impression that you might be borderline embarrassed to tell me what, no, no, what not at all. You're I'll, talking I'll, about. I'll, I'll, I'll like list out. I have no problem. Well, with I want to know top two or three. What comes well, to your mind when I say that? Taking Back Sunday, that first taking, you know, that's yep. definitely that was yep. one. Uh, that first used album. Oh yeah, uh, the, t- uh, the the one with the taste of ink on it. Yes. that may have been the name of the album. I don't know. Yep. Um, that one for sure. The Jimmy World, the one that came out, oh, yeah. uh, like right on September 11th, the the self titled yep, one. Yep, yep. That was a great album, like front to back. Love that one. Um, what else? You know, a lot of my initial favorite music. Well, the initial favorite music, like we said back in the day, was like R and B and rap, and mm-hmm. I don't have much fondness for that kind of stuff at all anymore. Yep. Um, although, like Biggie, I know like every word to the Ready to Die album. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, um, but then, like my the music after that was like rock, like radio rock, like yeah. Metallica. Oh, yeah, yeah. You know, yep. um, I do have like more fondness for that kind of stuff now than I do for like the the pop punk screamo that yeah. kind of stuff. Yeah, yeah. So, so I so the, the album that so I do remember like certain albums that to me are a little bit like the soundtrack of like my my sure. my growing up. And like in the middle school, middle school era, uh, the whole Kim and Kathy era that we talked about, um, take off your pants and jacket for some oh, for some yeah, reason absolutely. for some reason is the soundtrack. And then like coming into my own when I when I was um, like after I had my first uh, serious breakup and was and was at, to the age where I was starting to kind of form my own identity uh, that had to do with skating and punk rock and stuff at the time. Uh, it was it was some forty one. Yeah. It, it was all killer no filler. Um, but recent, relatively recently, it was say anything. Oh, say anything, yeah. and and that to, to I mean that's obviously more like contemporary and more more grown up music that corresponds more to the adult that I am today. Mm-hmm. But it was not that long ago when I had the maybe the darkest time of my life. It, I mean, the darkest time of my life. Sure. And that album um, helped me just like when I was a freaking teenager and, and had all the angst that I didn't know what to do with, and and that where that where music helped you in like a like a powerful way. That happened to me, you know. Less than ten years ago. So. Yeah, yep. Um, that Taking Back Sunday is that kind of an album for you too, right? Like oh yeah, it's one of those ones that sticks out. The, the, the Taking Taking Tell All Your Friends by Taking Back Sunday. Yeah, that's it. That album is not necessarily one that I remember like working through shit on. Oh with, sure, yeah. But it's it's the soundtrack. That CD, that album. I say CD because I'm aging myself to all <laughs> you young people. Uh, that that album uh, was literally the soundtrack to my to my. Uh, I don't even know. I don't even know what word to use. It's it's probably the most significant album. Not even my favorite band necessarily, but the most significant album. If I had if I had to pick one, it's that one. Yeah. If I had to pick one, it's a great album, man. I just listened to it cover cover to cover yesterday. Oh, really? Yeah. In nice. the car driving with my wife. Nice, man. Yep. Um, what what kind of stuff were you like working through stuff to? Because for me, that was like Silverstein, Senses Fail. You <laughs> yeah, know, like yeah. that was like. My angsty teenager music. Yeah, yeah. Maybe I, a little later than teenager. <laughs> yeah, it was that too. But you, you know what it was for me, because this is this is something funny. Because I feel like this is what this is a, an area where me and Matt fractured from a stylistic perspective. Because Matt and I, when we first became friends, uh, we were very much gravitated towards the same uh, scene. 
Mm-hmm. And uh, so it was, it was the, it was the pop punk scene of that time. He and I both had like our hair, you know, dyed various colors. We, you know, had piercings and all the, the rubber bracelets we used to wear at the time and like working on our tattoos and all that stuff. Matt more than me, yeah. but that was part of it. And, um, uh, what was the question? What was the question remember. again? I, I, did I ask you a question? I don't remember. Um, you um, you were talking about you and Matt fracturing. You oh, splitting oh, off. that's because you were talking about yeah. So you're talking about what music I worked through things, and I okay. I was thinking of the early November. Oh, okay. So guys, for anybody who isn't familiar with this type of music from that era, we're talking about early 2000s. Um, there was a record label at the time which I was a huge fan of, Drive oh, yeah. Drive Through Records, uh, and they were a basically a pop punk label. So you know their their biggest act was new, a, a newfound glory you guys probably know nfg if you don't you should um but at the time they also had a lot of oh, yeah. good shit oh yeah and when when this census fail was brand new that's the record label they came out with an ep on and early november at right around the same time so you so the reason i say a fracture here is because if you compare the early november to census fail especially that that first ep from the both bands what you see here with early November is a is the beginning of of emo, mm-hmm. um, but not sappy. It was a it was a different thing. It stood out, and then you have Census Fail, which was sort of the beginning of <coughs> the beginning of screamo, and a, in a harder, more darker sort of way that wasn't that wasn't there. And because at that time punk rock was either poppy mm-hmm. or it was political. It was like that that grungy street like street punk. punk. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And uh, so these were these were basically the beginnings of two new genres at the time, and I I gravitated towards the early November. Yeah, and Matt gravitated towards Senses Fail. Matt and I both gravitated towards the more heavy music. Yes, yes you did. Yeah, um, that's for sure. I remember that too. And I, and I think that corresponds to um, a, a lot of the things that you guys both dug from that point on that I didn't go with you on. But it is needs to be said that I am. Not an early adopter. I, I am. I am not an early adopter. You like to let other people test that shit out. So what I'm trying to tell you is, if you if you bring a new sound to me, <coughs> I will hate it. I will hate it. Two years from now, I will love it. That's, that's my shit. That is this. That's the pattern that I yep. will follow. Um. So we got way off track talking about music. We were. That's all right. It was good. Yeah. I enjoyed it. So you were living with your grandpa with your grandparents. Yeah, I mean, out there's the not sticks. much to talk about that about that. I mean. You know, I did, I went to church with them every Sunday, you know, I was there for like, that's like eight church services. Yep. They had a revival while I was there. So it was even more church services than that. You tried to exercise the demons out of you. Exactly. They, you know, they may have done a good job of back then that I do remember one of the preachers. I, I think he was the preacher for that revival. I think that it was just him. Um, he was, he was good, man. He was yeah. a good preacher. Like, you know, even if you don't believe everything, the way they're preaching it, he was like. A powerful speaker. Yeah. I remember that. Yeah. Um, do you remember? Do you remember when our buddy Chester? Uh, he he left town. So Chester was just like one of us uh, for the most part, and he was just like any other teenager. Uh, you know, he had his his inner demons he's struggling with and trying to figure out who he was. But he, you know, broke the law and did some stuff that you know put him at risk. And he left and went to like West Virginia or something. Yeah. And he was living with his grandparents. And when he when he came back. Dude, when he went to like, I, I, maybe it was Kentucky. I don't remember. He went someplace Bible Belty and to mm-hmm. live with to live with his grandparents. On the Lord, he came back. And he didn't even cuss anymore. 
And it was like my favorite game to try to get him to try to bring out some of the old Chester from that guy. Mm-hmm. And he eventually did. And I think regretted it because, uh, <coughs> turns out, turns out he, that motherfucker needed Jesus. Yeah. <laughs> That's what turns out. He needed a little bit of stability. Hey, some people do, man. Um, I probably could, I probably could have used some stability during this time. Yes, you could have. Um, so do you remember this? I, I don't. Th- this is where I'm talking about it being hard to plug things in time-wise because I, I moved out of the apartment. I lived with my grandparents for two months, but I also lived with you and your wife for two weeks. Do you remember that? Oh my God, I I do, but I didn't. I didn't remember until you brought it up, and then I also remember that I had a buddy named Chris. Do you remember uh, yes. who was in the Navy? Yes, and he actually lived with us for like two weeks. Yeah, until my until my ex wife drove him out of our house. Yeah, but but yeah, I, I sort of do remember that now. Yeah, I'm sure that she didn't drive me out of the house in the same way that she did him. But I mean, that was more or less it too. Like I just like I can't, it's like, I can't, I can't do this. Be here. What do you remember about I, that? I also felt like a leech. You know, I mean. Oh yeah. I mean, I did try to help out. Like I picked Felicia up from the from the bus stop. You yep, know. Yeah. Uh, so. But. Yeah, I do remember that now. Yeah. So, and then I left, and I moved in with my dad. And I, I was staying in my Papa John's room. Yeah. You know. Dude, that's uh, that's depressing. I remember. Oh, it was bad. I remember when I left, I borrowed a ton of movies from you. Like a shit ton of... Because you and Matt have always had like big movie collections. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, so I just borrowed a ton of movies. And I remember that was like kind of where my depression binge watching started. You know, mm-hmm. like I just remember... I watched tons of movies sitting in my room. I had an Xbox in my room, a little TV. Yep. Um, just doing nothing. Was there watching. some? Was there some you watched over and over? No, not really. Um, just passing the time. Just yeah, just like wanting something to concentrate on to keep my mind from thinking about things. You yeah. know, like I needed distraction. I can't sit here and think about things. Yeah. Um, so, so I again, I, I'm interrupting you again, but I'm good. sorry. I want to say I remember one time just to illustrate when you were when you were living temporarily. Uh, in your your grandpa's ha- uh, house, mm-hmm. and I said it was depressing. So I just want to paint the picture for the people listening that this is a time when you were far enough from far enough away from having graduated high school that people are starting to get their shit together, and everything's falling apart around you. Yeah, and the place where you're existing, because if you remember, you and I went and got a couch from that room, mm-hmm. and it was like a fold out. Uh, fold out bed. It yeah. was a heavy ass couch. Yeah, yeah. Do you remember that? It yeah, was a yeah. pain in the ass getting it out of there. But this was like, this was like an old house in a, in a dangerous part of town and a hot ass upstairs bedroom with, you know, asbestos paint on the walls and a freaking mattress on the floor with no sheet on it. And weren't you sleeping on the, on the floor or something? This, like, well, this was the, this was a time earlier than that oh, time. Was, this was okay. when things were, in that house were starting to not be good, but they weren't as bad. They hadn't progressed to the level that you're talking okay, about. Yeah. So at this point, the room that I'm staying in is still free of basically garbage. <laughs> uh, I have an uncle who, he's a great guy. I love him to death, but he's got some interesting tics and he saves garbage. Like that, that house was full of garbage. Uh, but that room at the time was not. So I stayed in that room and my dad was up in his room and Roland had garbage in the rest of the house basically. Oh yeah. Um, so at this point, and we'll get to that point that you're talking about. Okay, good, I mean, you good. know, uh, but it's still not a good point. Like this is still, you know, I'm still living in a house full of trash. Basically I have my room, but, um, so yeah, I mean, what was I talking about? 
Oh, I borrowed a ton of movies. I was watching the. Uh, that was also when I uh, started playing Assassin's Creed. And, oh, yeah. you know, I have this depression relationship with movies and binge watching stuff too, but I have it with video games too. I'll really? get a video game. Uh, I don't really play video games anymore, and I think it has something to do with this. Mm. Um, I'll get a video game, and while I'm playing it, I'm that character. You know, I'm just like experience. I'm in this world, you yep. know, uh, and I'm just not thinking about me. Yeah, you know, you can just check out of all the bullshit you got to yep. deal with and live in this other place. I think that's a real problem with video games. It is, yeah, you know? yeah. And I think I think there's a just like anything. Um, there's there's a, a benefit in having a relief, relief you know? Mm-hmm. Like, you know, I don't play video games anymore either, and that, that to me, that stopped because of a mystic experience I had, which which we can talk about. But uh, uh, but prior to prior to that, I you know, I I grew up playing video games. Yeah. I, I always always loved them. And yeah. you could you could uh, blow off steam, you know, a little bit by doing so, and it's it's a little bit more engaging than just watching watching something on TV, you know, and it was fun. Yeah. Uh, but but you know I, I had a some experience where I just decided uh, you know enough was enough and I haven't played a video game in, in a while. Yeah, uh, same. Well, no, that's not true. I've played video like maybe one or two video games will come out in like a two year period that I want to buy. Anytime a Grand Theft Auto comes out, I'm buying that. Yeah. Um, just because that like that's one. It's just fun. I don't need to like get wrapped up in it. It's just like I run around and commit mass murder, basically. <laughs> so I, I got a little tiny, tiny story on Grand Theft Auto. Okay. And that is that that's a really fun game. Anybody who's ever played it knows it's a game that you can have a lot of fun just just doing just fucking off. You can have a lot of fun, and they don't actually even have to play the game, the story as they call it. Yeah. Um. I and so I grew up with those too and loved them, but I'm the kind of guy that uh the point well, the point is like if I go to a restaurant. And I have a bad experience. Even if I had a hundred good experiences, if I go in and have a bad one, I don't not. I don't want to eat there ever again. Like I, I'm not even. I'm not the guy that's going to tell the waiter or or somebody like, hey, this you know this was a bad experience. You know, like comp the check or something, make me feel better about this. I'm not that guy. Yeah. I'm just not going to come back ever again. Sure. So I was playing Grand Theft Auto for years, and then do you remember? Oh, how, do you, I did. I don't know. Do you remember when they they changed the driving? Yeah. They, tra- they It was the buttons changed, and the dri- when you get into car and driving, the steering became very sensitive, and I had a hard time. I, I didn't. I didn't adjust to it well. Yeah. I've never played Grand Theft Auto ever again That's after funny. that. There's been many, many new versions, and I'm like, no. I, uh, yeah, I, I, I stuck with Grand Theft Auto. I still love those games, um, but, you know, pretty much anything, like the Red Dead Redemption games, I'm oh, buying yeah. those. Yeah, yeah. You, Assassin's Creed used to be in there, but I don't think they are anymore, man. Yeah, it's getting a little, getting yeah. a little monotonous. Yeah. Uh, do you remember when I, I bought that car off of you guys? <laughs> like $200 you charged me for it yeah. or something like yeah. that? Yeah, mm-hmm. Um, um, you talk, you're talking about the car that used to belong to my wife. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Busted gas gauge. Yeah. And, uh, yep. And you took that one down, down into a ditch. Oh, no, 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 no. I'm talking about the car that I bought from your first wife. Oh, you're going way back. Yeah. Well, that's like right in this time period. Oh yeah, man. I so, forgot about that. So I got the car from you and then. You know, me and Matt at that point had a car. It's like we can get around. I didn't have a license, but I had a car. So we, I, I we were hanging. I was hanging out with Matt. We came over to your house. Mm-hmm. We were on our way back, and I had my bright lights on. I didn't even realize it. I got pulled over without my license or insurance. Mm. So they took my car. They, you know, it, impounded it. I had to go get it out, um, and that is basically what prevented me from getting my license until I was 24. I yes. could have gotten it sooner, but I basically 
and this like prevented me from doing a lot of things. And this like kind of ties into the feeling of just being stuck at that point in time. It's like, I, for some reason, didn't realize that I could just go pay that ticket and then get, you know, it's like, I'm like, oh, I'm never going to be able to afford that yeah. ticket, you know, <laughs> which is like $400, you know, back then that was a lot of money. It's still a lot of money, but right. you know, uh, and like that was, I think that attitude was a lot of, uh, like held me back from a lot of things. It's like, oh, I, I can't do that, you know? Yep. So that immediately reminds me of Jordan Peterson. Let's bring that guy into the conversation sure. today for the first time. So <laughs> not the first time. <laughs> it's one of those things where, where you avoided the responsibility because it was overwhelming to you, even though it, it was something you could have done. You avoided the responsibility and uh, the consequences of you avoiding that one little fucking tiny, not, I wouldn't call it tiny, but an obstacle that you could have addressed. Sure. And the fact that you, that you resisted it. Was it tiny in the grand scheme of it, things. It became a, a monster. Yeah. It became a monster. 100%. Yep. And that's what and, and and that's what Jordan Peterson has been saying to people for years and years and years, and the rest of the media can't stop trying to bury him by calling him a Nazi. I remember during that period of my time of my life that like gap. I remember constantly thinking that like each area of my life that I need to improve is like plagued by every other area of my life. Mm. You know, like I like I can't do this because of this, mm. and I can't do that because of this. And now I look back and I was like, you're just making tons of excuses. A cathedral of excuses, you might yeah, say, sure. Kyle. Something like that. Um, so, you know, the, like this is the mindset that I'm in in this period of time. It's like avoid your responsibility. Yep. You know? Yep. Do you remember what you, do you remember what you were thinking at the time? Like. What do you mean? Like if somebody would have said, dude. Get your shit together. Save up the money. Pay the, oh, I pay the bill. Just been like you're a dick. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's, it's like there's you know I don't know what it is. If it's like that that part, it's like that rebellious part of yourself that you haven't let die yet. When you, it's like the the final piece of the puzzle when you're metamorphosizing into a fucking grown up, mm -hmm. and you just can't let go of that last little bit of of rebellion. Mm -hmm. I don't know what it is, but it, you know, to me, that's kind of what it makes me think of. Yeah. And yes. it just and it just and it fucked you and, and it fucked you in so many ways for a long time and it's sad, man. Yeah, but, you, you know, know, it's it is what it is. But you had you had to get you had to you had to do it yourself. You had to get over yeah. it, you know. And, and, if so, and if somebody would have done it for you, it, you know, nobody can do it for you. Yep, I mean, you'd have been right back in that situation. Yeah, for sure. Um, you know, this is. I don't know. This is at a point where. I, uh, this is another time where it's hard for me to tell when things are going on because eventually I went up to Cleveland to visit and I started I, I started hanging out with Stephanie and I don't remember if we started dating while I still lived in Columbus and then I moved up to Cleveland. I think that must be what happened, yeah, but I, I don't remember. really remember. Yeah, I don't remember either. But then eventually I moved back up to Cleveland. Shout, out, was, shout out to Stephanie. Yep, she's... Lovely girl. Yep. Um... Where oh yeah so eventually oh. I, I moved up to Cleveland yeah we, uh, we, we can't we can't talk about Stephanie before talking about Colleen oh she that's like in the past I mean that's like way yeah, back it at is this but, point but but the story the story to tell about that because I think it's 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 interesting is that she was twelve years older than me uh, yes is that <laughs> Kyle at one point 
and this was this was part of the dark period of your life still. Uh, no, I think that this, well, maybe the, this was like, this was early in the dark period. This is like the very, very okay. earliest parts of it, okay. if at all, because this was before I dated Mary. This was. It was? Yeah. Oh man. So that's all mixed up in my head. Well, the, just, I don't want to let the, I don't want to leave this detail out for the audience that Kyle once at one time, uh, met, met a, met a, met a romantic interest through through a through a parent which is why which is why the the person was so much older than him and she was a she was a nice girl and everything was it was fine but it was a little strange she worked with my mom i mean yeah and, yeah, and yeah. i met that's how i met her and yeah she was i was 18 and she was like 29 30 yeah yeah so yeah it was it was it was an interesting thing yeah all right not but, much to talk about there i mean that was i like, mean yeah I no, guess. I mean, as far as the re- the actual like relationship goes, there's oh, yeah. not like a whole lot to talk about there. Yeah, agreed. Um, so yeah, this is the. I mean, I don't really remember a lot hanging. Like, I'm sure I came down and hung out with you at points during this time period. Um, probably not as much though, because again, not driving, and I live in Cleveland, uh, so I probably wasn't seeing you a ton during this this time period. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know what what comes to my mind, and I'm probably jumping ahead. What what comes to my mind like uh, about that that dark period was when you and and, and Matt were living in that apartment uh, over by where my brother used to live, mm-hmm. um, and uh, and I remember coming over and I just remember times where that's good. I remember times where like you would just you would just be, I would come over and you would be in your room, yeah, and I would be there for like a while and you wouldn't and you wouldn't come out of your room, yeah, and that was like. Assigned to me, obviously, like you know, something's not right. Yeah, that's that's later. I mean, that that's after I moved back down to Columbus. Um, yeah, go ahead. Sorry, I don't want. to Oh no, ahead. you're good. Yeah. Um, what do you got? What I mean? Uh, well, let's see here. A lot. So much. So much of what I have written down is like my fucking pity party. So well, that's I, so I mean, I, you know that's what we're doing. We're having a pity party right now. Okay. Well, I mean, <laughs> I, I mean, I guess we can. Um. So I just. So the bullet point I have written down is the devil. So the devil. The devil. So there, there's a lot of, there's a lot there. You know, I could talk about this for the rest of the show, but, um, and we've touched on some of the important things already. But the idea here is that I, I ended up dating uh, a girl from from high school that I was friends with, who had a kid with another friend a mutual friend of ours. We were all friends actually. And uh, I ended up dating her later on in, in high school. Uh, it's, I say later on. So I was 16. Um, so you guys can imagine, uh, how early this, this, this girl, you know, got, got pregnant. So it's kind of an, uh, an unfortunate situation for her, but I was friends with her and, and had been since I was 12 years old. And the guy who was the father, you know, was also obviously very young and didn't want to have anything to do with it. So in my in my mind, I I had this these two friends that had this terrible falling out, and here the woman was sort of stranded, with no no help in this in this you know what I saw as a horrible situation, and uh, you know and I had I had been sweet on her anyway, mm-hmm. so so I uh, you know after after a while ended up uh, dating her and then raising this uh, <coughs> and ra- and raising her 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 daughter for uh, for a while yeah and. Um, because I knew her going back to such a young age, I made excuses for her terrible terribleness. I made excuses for her, and I and I can't. I don't have any justification for it, man. Yeah. Uh, 
but I made excuses for her, uh, you know, for years and years. And she was terrible to my family. She was terrible to uh, my friends. Pretty much everyone. And, I mean. and I just played this like mitigating role. I was just this buffer in between her and the world. Yeah. And it was exhausting. And it was terrible. And what the worst part of all that is that, uh, well, she, you know, ultimately she ended up, uh, she ended up, um, you know, uh, leaving me and, and met and go, going off with some other guy. And, uh, you know, obviously, uh, from the time I was, you know, 16 years old with, with her until I was, you know, in, in my, in my twenties, um, that is a long stretch to only be with one person mm-hmm. and to have all that responsibility sort of. Uh, I, it wasn't thrust on me. I, I thrust it on myself. I inserted myself into that situation. Yeah. Um, but you know, it changed my whole life. Uh, and then to have all that, have the rug pulled out from under, under me, obviously, you know, and ended up being a good thing in retrospect, we were, we're never a good fit. And, uh, you know, you know, it was just dumb kids making dumb decisions and both of our parents allowed it, which is, you know, isn't a whole nother thing. Right. <laughs> a whole nother thing. I mean, what, what can you do? What can yeah, you what do? Can you do? I mean, you pull you pull your son aside and you're like, no, don't do this. I mean, that's honestly though. I do feel like maybe it would have gone over better with you than it would have a lot of people. Like, I feel like if I was getting married at your age and somebody pulled, the, I'd be like, fuck you. You know, I would just resort to anger immediately oh, yeah. and be like, you know, yeah, so yeah. where you, you were a little bit more level headed. You know, I feel like, uh, especially with your parents, I feel like you know if, but you know, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know, but uh, but it's all speculation. Um, I'm trying to think like this. Obviously, this story, like chronologically, it stretches. It stretches like a whole big chunk of the period that we're talking about. Yeah. But going skipping to the end, it kind of fast forwards a little bit, a little bit too far, maybe for for this. But uh, but the point is that uh, one day I get a call from uh, Kyle. This is when Kyle and Matt were living together. Uh, the the the, oh, the yeah. most recent time, I get a call from Kyle, and it's like. First of all, this is the, this is the text age, and and you don't get calls anymore. Phone calls mean something. Phone calls mean something. Yeah. So I get a call from Kyle, and then the tone of his voice, like I could tell he was Kyle was going to tell me some something I had to hear. He was going to tell me some something serious. I had some shit, and I had no idea. And I mean, I probably should have had an idea, but I seemed to have no idea. And Kyle says to me, uh, "Hey, man." I need you to come over here. I got some things that I have some photos I need to show you. And I'm like, what? And like that, you know, can you, can you imagine like, and he, and, and Kyle Kyle says, I just, I need to show. I'm like, what is it? He's like, I need, I need to show it you. So he didn't tell me I had to get in my car and drive, you know, 10, 15, 15 minutes minutes to his house. And he's got uh, Facebook up on his computer with uh, all these pictures of my wife on some other guy. It's nothing bad. I mean, like, it's bad, but, like, the way you're saying it, it makes it sound like we've got, like, sex pics or No, no, no. But, but, guys, this is like, you know, she's sitting sitting next to him, holding his yeah, hand, you know, sure. he's touching her, and every single picture, they're obviously together. So, in that, when that happened, I was sitting in my bedroom, like I always was, Yeah. and Matt is like, Kyle, get in here! He's, oh, like, screaming for Matt me. found it? Yeah, yeah. Oh. He was going, because... The way that he found that is she was at a party, okay, holding this dude's hand and blah, blah, blah. And she, the party she was at was hosted by people who were good friends of Matt. Like Matt, you know, they really liked Matt. Matt really liked them. But, so that's but, how that happened. But people who I didn't know. Yeah, that's yeah. the thing. All right, keep going. So, uh, yeah, so it was just like 
bad luck, you know, on their part. Um, so yeah, I, dude, this is, it, it, that was such a, a weird scenario because I was like sad for you. Like I was like, I know the Chris is going to be very hurt by this, but also I was like, there's no way he's staying with her now. And like, that's good. You know? So I was like, I remember having like mixed feelings about it, you yeah. know, like being excited to tell you, but also like, I didn't want to like Hurt let me, you yeah. know that I was excited about it. Oh yeah. And you did a good job. You did a good job of keeping that in. Yeah. Uh, so we skipped, we skipped way ahead, man. And I, I don't exactly know like wh wh how to shuffle, but I do want to say, do you remember if we fast forward to, or if, so if we rewind, I don't want to say fast forward. I should say forward fast. Yes, you should. All right. So if we rewind, um, do you remember the first time that Matt, actually let my ex-wife have it he actually oh, fuck yeah he, so guys so, so keep in mind she was she was really rough like i i, I want to say nasty things but there's been enough time that's passed that i don't care anymore i don't want to i don't want to say nasty things so just to be like completely explicit about it i'm talking about um underhanded under her breath you know always saying something nasty always being rude making people feel uncomfortable like they're not welcome um um, you know, say, saying nasty things about people, talking to people behind their back. Just, I mean, what do you remember? That, but that's basically all it. Like, and she just had this way of, um, even if she wasn't saying anything, you could just tell that she was pissed off. You know what I mean? Yeah. She just like radiated, um, go fuck yourself. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. So, and she didn't, she didn't really have any redeeming qualities. She, she didn't have anything that made up for that. She, yeah. she was a, she was a, and, and God bless her. Hopefully, she's she's in a better place now. Hopefully, but at that time, yeah. at that time in her life, she was a horrible person. Yeah, she she was a horrible person. There was she couldn't keep a friend because she because she was a nasty person. That reminds me. I'm sorry. Go, go ahead. ahead. No, go ahead. That yeah. reminds me of like when you guys got married. I was your best man, mm. and Mary was her maid of honor. You're right. Don't fucking talk at all. They, you're, you know. You're right. And so that's that's another funny thing to, for Mary to tell me that we were never friends. Oh yeah. She was the wedding. maid of honor at my at your wedding. First awful wedding. But we were oh, never friends. Okay. Come on, Mary. Mary, listen. That hurt my feelings. <laughs> Coming, all right. That keeps coming up. So, um, naturally, it will. So, the, I wanted to tell a story about Matt about Matt blowing up on her. Oh yeah. So the thing is, this let me tell you one thing yeah, about that same thing. Yeah. I remember she, you guys came up and you were staying in the house that I live in now. Yeah. Uh, this was a different. I, I've lived in the same house at two points, um, and this was when my mom lived there, and my little brother Colin was there too. And she was wearing this like nighty. Mm -hmm. She went to she like went into the bathroom and changed into like a nighty. Bong. And she, you know, you guys were staying upstairs, and uh, Colin asked my mom. He was like, "Why is that lady sleeping in a wedding dress?" <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that, that that does seem weird. Yeah, putting on like lingerie at a like a, a house Stranger you're visiting. Yeah, what a weird what a weird well, thing you know. to do. Whatever. All right. <laughs> All right, so so we came up. Do you remember what we came up for? Because we're, we're just, I think you're just hanging out. So I think maybe maybe we, it was it might have been a concert or it might have just been yeah maybe it was Warp Tour or something might have like been Warp Tour yeah but it, but it was Mary mm -hmm. Matt me you and her right yep. all of us and we were staying at your house and uh, and I don't remember what happened but she said one one of the things that she says that was just uncalled for and rude and here we are like. 200 miles from home there's nobody here to protect you and matt was just matt was just like that's that's i've had enough yeah. i've had enough do you remember what he said because I, I don't because i don't because the whole time he was talking i was like 
oh my God, <laughs> how am I going to fix this? You know, yeah. like this is terrible. Yeah. Uh, but he, he, he was honest with her mm-hmm. and he, he didn't yell, but he was stern. He, you know, he might've raised his voice, yeah. but he told her to the point, you know, with an, in no uncertain terms that she's terrible, that she always has been, that she doesn't appreciate shit, that she, you know, that she, she's awful. Yeah. And, uh, and it was simultaneously like the worst moment and like the best moment at this, yeah. at, and, and it, it, in, in retrospect, it was awesome. So thank you, Matt. Thank you, Matt, for saying what should have been, what, what needed to be said. Yeah. But it made for an awkward, an awkward night. Yeah. That's a, t- that's another one of those like time period. I don't know when that was. Ah, that's a good question. I don't either. <sighs> yeah. But so yeah, the, I don't know. Like what else do you have? Well, I mean, just just to paint the to paint the picture, guys, um, of that that period for me is that's where it began with uh, like it wasn't the first time that I had a reason to think something wasn't right. Yeah. But remember, I had been with that girl since I was sixteen, mm-hmm. and I had built this life, and I was you know we had a we had a house and a mortgage, and we were you know raising that daughter together, and um, you know I, I raised her till she was eleven years old. From, and from the time we got together, uh, she was just under a year. Yeah. And when we bought that house and moved in together, she wasn't even five, wasn't even five yet. So from five to 11, we were in that house together. So this is like my, you know, my life is, my life is like wrapped up in this, in this thing. For sure. And she had no, uh, she just didn't, she just didn't place any value on, on me, like as a partner, as a, as a, as a, as a friend even. And so when, when I saw those pictures, uh, I knew obviously that, that it wasn't, things were never going to be the same. Mm -hmm. And I had like, you know, gel, jelly knees. And I like, you know, went to my car and drove home and knew I had to confront her and have this conversation. Did you do it that, that immediately? Yeah. 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 And, um, I think I might've had to wait for her to get home, but in any case, um, I had that conversation with her and I remember because the guy that she ended up going out uh, with me on was a guy that uh, I, I think she must have met through school or something because she was she was still in school. Gotcha. And um, it, and I, I I heard his name before, and she made it out like you know he was a friend. And I even think that he came over to watch a football game oh, with really? her family. Oh wow! And yeah, yeah, yeah. So and this is why we were married. You yeah. know what I mean? And I didn't know him. So this is very very strange. Um, so. So I, I remember having this conversation with her and I said to her, like, look, you can't see this guy anymore because I'm, I'm still trying to salvage, you know, because it seems like my whole life's kind of resting on this on this flinch pen. And I'm like, look, you can't see this guy anymore. Like, yeah. that, that's like obvious. And, you know, it, it, she obviously she's making excuses about these pictures. She's trying to, like, tell me this isn't what I think it is. Yeah. And I'm like, right. you know, OK, well, I want to believe you, um, you know, and I obviously had no reason to to believe her. But uh uh, she said, no, I'm like, you can't see this guy anymore. That's like the, 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 the minimum necessary amount of action that has to be taken to salvage this thing. And she looked at me right in my face and said, no, you know, I, I want to be friends with him. And, uh, you know, I'm like, okay, so your husband is, who's telling you, this is the linchpin of, of, of our marriage is telling you this, this has to happen. And you're telling me, no, well, she just, you know, in 100% honesty said my kind of like 
blossoming a relationship with this guy is more important than than all of the years I've spent with you and all and all of the you know mm-hmm. mutually raising this daughter together and this you know this life that we built together all of that means less to me than being able to continue this you know quote unquote friendship with this guy yeah so that's when I knew that's when I knew like okay you know she's 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 made her decision so that's that's where her values are and, uh, you know, and it, and it drug on even f- from that point, it drug on for a long time. Yeah. So the only other thing worth, worth mentioning here is, so, you know, boohoo on me is that when she, fi- she finally moved out and went to live with her mom and dad and I was, uh, still living at, at home and still living, you know, still living with, uh, with her daughter because that's where the bus picked her up to school. That was, that's where we lived. So it was me and her daughter and she would go and, uh, go home at, with her mom on the weekends and she stayed with, it was like, we were like, like we were divorced already kind of in sharing custody. Yeah. Um, but I was still maintaining all that responsibility while she was, um, living with her mom and dad and they would babysit so she could go out and see this guy whenever she wanted. And that was, that was what she wanted. She was having a great time. But this is the thing, man. When, when I finally started dating and uh, she found out about that. She never let me see uh, her daughter ever again. And, you know, like in retrospect, it wasn't like the, um, it wasn't like the breakup and the, uh, you know, the consequences of all that were, were the worst part. You know, it was bad. But the worst part was that. It, it was uh, never, seeing, never seeing that girl again and having like, uh, you know, having night nightmares for yeah. for years where I, I would wake up, I would wake myself up from a sleep because I was sobbing. Yeah. Like I'm sobbing in my fucking dreams because I'm having these, I'm having these terrible, like almost like I had a child who died that that's how it felt. And so that's the kind of suffering that, that I was put through. And that's what, that's what launched me into that story I told you about last time was where I would, I sat in the basement for like a, a month every yeah. day and watched nothing but lost from episode one through, you know, season 17 or whatever. And th- that was my like, you know, darkest time. Yeah. Um, I don't, I don't know what I, else. I, what, I rem- what do you, yeah. What do you remember about that? Uh, I just remember you not doing a whole lot of anything, you know, just being kind of holed up there. And I remember, um, I mean, I have stuff going back considerably earlier than this. Yeah, yeah. Um, See, I knew I didn't want to skip forward, but we had a lot. We have a lot in the middle there. Yeah, there's de- there's definitely, you know, at least on my end, there's a lot of shit in there. I want to get into it. Um, but I remember to skip forward a little bit to talk about that time with you. I remember knowing that you were in a dark place and not really being able to be there for you because I was too, you know, like, uh, Uh, and maybe it would have been better off for both of us if I, we would have. Yeah. That's interesting. At the moment I was not really able to, I was, uh, so wrapped up in my own shit. Yeah. Like, I wonder what you mean by that when you say you weren't able to, but I do remember when I was in that position, like, especially when I was in the basement watching Lost. Yeah. I didn't want to be around anybody. Sure. I didn't want to talk about it. Yeah. Because oh, yeah. if I talked about it, it, it was, you know, it was going to bring up all those emotions and I didn't want to. I, yeah. That sounds like a terrible idea. I didn't want to do that. Yeah. Is that about where you were? Pretty much. I mean, it's just... I don't know, man. I was just completely lost. Like I didn't know what I was doing. I didn't know how to help myself. So I wasn't going to be able to help you. Yeah. Um, uh, you know, I, I've never, like I said, I've never been suicidal, but the closest thing to that would be like there, this, there was a point when I was living in that apartment 
um, where I just like didn't fucking care, man. You know, like I don't, I'm going to be mm. the, I'm going to lean into all of the bad parts of me, mm. you know, like, um, because who fucking cares? Yes. You know, everything's pointless. Fuck everything. It's that nihilistic yeah. death spiral. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, um, that's, you know, there was no way that I was like, you know, I felt bad for you and I knew that you were going through some shit, but I just didn't know what to do, mm. you know? Um, and so, you know, like I said, I was living up in Cleveland. I, basically, eventually Stephanie broke up with me. Um, oh, I, one thing I do want to touch on. Yeah. Uh, I was working at Gale's and I was dating Stephanie at this point yep. and some girl came in and there were these two girls that were there and one of them eventually came up and gave me her phone number mm-hmm. and I was a shithead. So I, you Took know, it. I started talking to her mm-hmm. and yeah. Um, and the other girl was how you met your wife eventually. Oh, isn't that weird? That is interesting. Yeah. Yeah, it's weird. It's serendipity. Your current how, life. How things work out. Yes. Yeah. My current and, 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 and conclusive wife. I'm not, I will not have any others. Yes. <laughs> um, so yeah, I just think that's interesting. That thread. It is interesting. Like if you had, if you hadn't, if you hadn't moved up here when you were a teenager, if your parents hadn't, hadn't split and that, that whole series of events hadn't happened, I never would have met my, my wife. I never, I wouldn't be living here. Yeah. yeah. So I'm going to skip forward to the time that I moved back down to Columbus and I was living with Matt and his cousin, Alicia Mm. in that apartment off broad. Do you remember that? Yep, I do. That was a dark time too. Yes, absolutely. That was not good. Uh, I I moved down there. I said, I said high street earlier. Broad is what I meant. Broad is what you meant. Yeah, broad is what I meant. Cause I I was wondering about that. I do. I I thought that maybe I misheard you or something. Okay. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that was not a good time. Uh, What do you remember about that? Well, I remember that it was far enough away for me that I didn't I didn't visit you very often. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that was kind of the time when you you know I felt like my relationship with you and Matt got m- most distant. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was when you guys started hanging out with Eddie Moore back then, I believe. Yeah, yeah. And uh, but then but then all those other friends that you guys uh, got uh, along with along with um, uh, uh, I can't I'm trying to remember any other names anymore. But there was a bunch a bunch of those people. Well, there's um, like. Josh, Josh, yep. You remember him? Of course. You know which one I'm talking about. I'm not talking about Matt's cousin. You're not talking about Sassy? No. <laughs> All right. I'm talking about another guy, you know, Pierce. Oh, yes, yes, yeah, yeah. Great yeah. guy. Yeah, great guy. Great yeah. guy. Yeah. Um, you know, don't want to say last names and, or anything, and, you know, so it's and, hard. But. And the, 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 the sweet lady who Matt, who Matt uh, co-occupies with right now. Yeah. And, and uh, you know, all those people. And yeah. I never really, I never really got very close with you guys. So. Yeah. And that was another, like, factor of, let's like, you were married and your wife was not going to, like, come hang out with all of these people. Right. And your wife sure as fuck wasn't going to let those people come over there. Yeah. She barely let us come over there. So. And, but they, they were, like, a, a little bit younger, that crowd. I think were they? I think they were. I don't know. Like Josh definitely wasn't. And well, no. Jo- well, he was about our age. Yeah. Yeah. But. Maybe a little bit younger, I guess. I- I'm not sure about the ages, but um, yeah, we were definitely hanging out with a different crew than you. That's for yep. sure. Yep. Um, and see, there's another point where there was a you know where the Kroger was on Maine. Yep. And Matt and his mom lived in the apartment that was like directly to the left of that. If you see, like, I don't know where that is in time. You know, <laughs> I remember events from that. I remember one time me and Matt went to a wedding. We took uh, Humperdinck. You remember Humperdinck? <laughs> oh, yeah, I do. I we do. took Humperdinck <laughs> to a wedding that was some person that 
you know, Mary and Laura and their family, somewhat, one of their friends was getting married and we were just for some reason invited yep. and there was an open bar and Matt and I got fucking hammered. Oh, no. Okay. Made asses out of ourselves. Oh no. Uh, and then on the drive home, um, I mean, we were wasted. We we considered letting Humperdinck drive, who was like, oh my God. like fourteen. Okay, uh, but <laughs> I eventually, this. eventually, I drove home, and uh, we were following people because we were out in the sticks for the the reception, and they were like, we were following them. They pulled over. They were like, your headlights aren't on. <laughs> so, <laughs> oh my God. So I have that, rem- but I just, uh, I can't place it. So I don't I, know when it was. Dangerous time, man. Yeah. So I remember, I remember being, uh, I remember being like, I don't even want to say it. I'll just say that there's been times where I've driven when I, pro- where I probably shouldn't have. Yeah. And just, and they were, and it was, it was a desperate time in my life when I was making decisions that I never would have ordinarily made. Yeah. And all of that was happening you know, like right towards the tail end of like this, to the darkest part of my life. Sure. Yeah. Um, I would say that the period, like maybe a couple years after, um, you know, the whole Mary breaking up, losing the job, losing the apartment, yep. maybe a couple years after that happened, that started like the heaviest drinking period of my life and that lasted maybe a few years yeah and uh i just had to stop eventually because if i get too drunk i'll embarrass myself you yeah. know i'll do i'll like my, i'll lose my temper or something like that you yeah. know so i just i don't really drink I, I you know i drink from time to time but i don't drink to excess at all anymore. yeah that's yeah well, it's and not obviously you shouldn't i mean no. it's so fucking stupid it doesn't it doesn't look good on you it yeah. doesn't. It doesn't look good on Matt either. Uh, Matt. Matt is such is such a mild mannered guy, and if he has too much to drink until he gets squirrel eyes, once he gets squirrel eyes, uh, he he. First of all, he's mean, and it's like there's nothing like him at all. It's so different from his regular personality. Yeah. I just remember Matt. Uh, you know, like we were at this we were at this bar one time uh, when I first before I moved up here, but when I was up here, and uh, he saw somebody um, on a balcony. Yeah. And he just noticed them, and it, it startled him that there was somebody up there. Like when, he, and when he noticed them, he was he he stops, oh, he looks up at him, and then he points at the at the guy that's up there for like an extended period of time with his finger pointed at this guy. Yeah. And then he and then he and then he, uh, we finally basically get him out of the bar, and he's like ranting and raving about the guy that was up there looking at him, who's giving him a dirty look. Yeah. And then he then he starts smacking the glass oh, yeah. on the outside of the of the bar and like uh giving dirty looks to people walking by on the street and this mild-mannered guy and you know he'd never lift a finger to hurt anybody you know it's like i can understand if maybe somebody's talking shit to you or something and you're drunk but yeah just like the the first person you see is gonna get it gonna you know? get it man. Uh, i think you know like Joe Rogan always talks about his friend Eddie Bravo when he gets too drunk they say he turns into the Indian I feel like Matt almost turns into like a professional wrestling, wrestling. heel like he's just like fuck you yeah uh, oh man that's well, hilarious listen Matt, Matt's definitely got uh, some demons and I don't know um, I don't know that we ever really talked about them but I uh, because I don't know what they are exactly but when he get when he got to that point and he was pointing at people on the street he was pointing those people represented something that he was pointing at, that he was angry at, that he wanted to destroy. And it wasn't a stranger on the street. It was something, it was some demon in his, in his heart. And I don't know what that is. Yeah. I don't know what that is. So if you're listening, Matt, what is it? Um, 
Yeah, maybe. I don't know. I, th- I I don't know. I think that alcohol just fucks some people up, you know? Yep. It just has, uh, what's the word that I'm looking for? Adverse reactions with some people. Do you remember the time you uh, threw up all over my wife's apartment bathroom? Oh, yeah. And then you... And then you, and then you disappeared and my, my wife woke up. We weren't married at the time. And she was like, wait, where's the bathroom mat? <laughs> because Kyle puked all over the bathroom mat. And, oh, and, God, and, and as a courtesy to her, he folded up all the puke covered. Like I tried to clean up as much as he I did. Could. And then he laund he laundered it and brought it back. Yeah, what a guy. Which you had already bought another one at that <laughs> point, but. <laughs> but didn't say anything about it. He's like, oh, look, look, I'm just going to fix this. Dude, and I came over to hang out with you guys that day. Early. It was like two o'clock I came over and we went to a bar and we were eating and we were drinking and some dude at the bar had weed that I bought off of him. Yeah. And then you're high, so you start drinking even more. Yep. And I remember we were leaving to go walk back over to your apartment and I separated from you you guys and went to another bar. I'm not ready to go. And then eventually somehow I found my way back. I don't even remember. Like I I was blacked out. I don't remember either. So... Yeah. Those were interesting days. They don't, yeah. they don't they don't happen anymore. You can only do that for a short period of time. Yeah, well, I mean, you know, I don't that time in my life, like I said, was the heaviest drinking period of my life. Eventually, though, I, you know, I started smoking weed before that, um but eventually I started leaning more into the weed and yeah. like I don't need to drink. Um and I think Matt did that eventually too. Uh you know, he he is a big big pothead. Right. So You you said that once already about leaning into some of the darkness. Yeah. And I do think that's an interesting idea because I wonder if it's, I wonder if it's necessary. Like at some point in your life, um, you've got all the, all, all the demons that you, that you're successfully keeping at bay that you pick up along the way and your you know, the difficulties of your life. And at some point, um, I had to do this and you obviously had to do this. You do, you do lean into it at some point. It's like you give in to it mm-hmm. and you see, what the darkness is like. You take a little foray into the chaos. Mm-hmm. And uh and I don't know if it's like self-destructive. Like some part of me thinks maybe it is. You're like you're like um you know falling into despair on purpose because you because you're giving up or because you want to see how deep and dark you can go. Mm-hmm. But you have to do that because until you do, you don't really have the you don't really seem to have the courage to take another risk to kind of carry on living your life. And and it is a risk, you know, like uh, putting yourself out there. You you get burned too many times and you think twice about, about doing anything. Sure. You know, Um, for me, I think I was just being a coward. I think I was just taking the easy way out. It's like, I can work on myself and fix these things or I can just, you know, who fucking cares, man. Uh, I think I was just taking the easy way out. Um, how, how many people can say what you just said, dude, that, that's a, that's a brave thing yeah, to admit, I guess, to, I to admit that you were being a coward. Mm-hmm. Um, because especially as a man, that's not something you want to, you want to ever admit. Well, you gotta admit it or you're never going to change. You got so. it. That's um, true. Yeah. So that is, and another thing is in some ways I do feel like leaning into the bad aspects of myself has helped me because now I know what those things are, you know, yep. now I have these parameters, you know, it's like if I drift too far over this way, you know, who knows what's going to happen. But that, that time period when we were living in the apartment on broad and like the time period after that, up until I moved back up here and took the job at my current job, but yep. in a different department, um, it was like, you know, I moved up here, I lived I moved back up here in 2013 
And Matt and I had lived in that apartment down there for two years. And I had been, you know, living with my dad and stuff like that before. Do you remember when we used to go to the hookah bar every night? Every night, yep. And that was when the house was bad. That was because I didn't want to fucking be there. Yeah. You know? Yep. Um, Another thing is Matt and I eventually played a part in reopening Cinema City. Yes. Do you remember that? Yes. With uh, the, the new owners? Yes, yep. That sucked. That was a dark period. Yeah. Uh, it was just, that was an embarrassing job to have because everything was constantly breaking. Uh, Eventually, I told that guy to go fuck himself and quit and got a job, luckily, the next day nice. at the boot store yes, slash head shop. Yes, I remember. Um, all very dark time. I mean, so, you know, I was living in that house full of trash with my dad, sleeping <laughs> in the same room. And eventually, yeah. my uncle moved the washing machine out to the garage, which is not insulated, and the pipes burst, and then the water was gone. So I'm living in this house full of trash, no water, can't take a shower, can't shit in the toilet. Yeah. And that house stayed like that for 15 years or something. I don't Jesus. know, maybe not that long. But, um, so I had to get out. And me and Matt eventually got that apartment. And I was very selfish. And I, I don't know that I was capable of being anything but selfish at the time. Yep. But Matt and I moved into that apartment. It was supposed to be, like, awesome. You know, we just moved. He was living with his mom. I was living with my dad. We were both in low places, and we got yep. this apartment. It was supposed to be awesome, yep. you know? Um, and then Matt got his girlfriend pregnant. And in my mind, that just, like, changed everything. I was like, this is not going to be what I wanted it to be. Uh... Um, and it could have been. It could have still been. And a lot of the times it was. That's why I don't even understand why I was like, you know. But that was a, you know, that played a part in my depression for sure. Um, so, um, what, uh, I, I don't even remember where I was. Oh, because this is all leading, like, this is around the time when all that stuff happened with with your wife. So, we're oh, yeah. like, I'm like yes. working right up to that. Yep, yep. Um, so I, I just want to mention, because I don't know if it was clear that, that when, when Kyle was living with his dad, uh, that, that, and his uncle was there, that it was kind of a hoarder situation. So when, yeah, Kyle, when, Kyle, sure. when Kyle says he was living in a house full of garbage, he's not, he's not, he's no. not lying. That yeah. He, watch an episode of hoarders and you, that's pretty much it. It may not be as like disgusting as some of the hoarders. Like it was, it was like wrappers in was, plastic, yeah, you know, it like, wasn't like disgusting shit, but yeah. just a house full of trash. Yep. And I'm sure that there was some disgusting shit mixed in there, but, um, but, yeah. but, but, but you were there out of necessity yeah. and, and without, without running water, without any, any privacy or freedom at that age under the, you know, not, not under the thumb, but, but, but not independent of your, of your dad. You know, what I remember about that was your decision eventually to, to, to leave the city and, and to come back up here mm-hmm. is that you you came back to Columbus because you had friends in, in here and family here, mm-hmm. and uh, and we wanted you here there at the time yeah, yeah. in Columbus. And yeah. you made the decision to to leave all that on on purpose and go back to Cleveland because because nothing was going yeah. for well for you and you and you were willing to leave all of that behind to 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 fix it. You took that risk mm-hmm. and that was a big risk. And you, and you have to, and you, as Jordan Peterson would say, you have to sacrifice something to get something. And that's what you did. I do feel like that was a good decision too, because but not an easy one. No, it wasn't. Well, I don't know, man. Back then I wasn't really thinking about it. Like in my mind, it seemed like the best option. So it wasn't really that hard of a decision. Did it seem like your only option? 
uh, in some ways, yeah. Because um, because you because you you might say you were a little resentful about about your job when, when you were up here for a while. Work, when I was working at the boot place. No, up here. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. Oh, that's why. That's why I was saying. I think that moving up here was a good idea, but it didn't fix things right away. Yeah. I had like years yeah. afterwards where I was still working stuff out. Yep. Um, and you know who helped a lot with that? Who? Stefan Molyneux. Ah. The great Stefan Molyneux. Yeah. Um, you know, because he talks a lot about self-improvement and yep. how to fix things. And, you know, a lot of people like to call him a racist and a Nazi, but I value Stefan Molyneux. Yeah. I, I mean, he, does he say some crazy shit? Yeah, I guess sometimes, but uh, I'm not going to throw the baby out. If, if the only thing Stefan Molyneux ever said was that you shouldn't hit your kids... He's a good guy in my book. Oh, yeah. So I, I, I did I did like Stefan Molyneux. I haven't listened to him in ages. We talked about that once before in the early days of our podcast. Yep. Um, but I do remember that the nonviolent stuff making a lot of sense. You know, when somebody says, you know, your kid is like biting other kids and you need to keep your kid from biting. So you go over there and you swat you swat your kid. Yeah. It's like you're, you're telling your kid not to hurt somebody. And how you're teaching them that is going over there and hitting them. Yeah. That doesn't make a lot of sense. So not, not a So I actually, you know, and, and the fact that Stefan Molyneux is, you know, politically, he's a very freedom-oriented fellow. Yeah. And so that he, I agree with him on a lot of that stuff. But what I resisted with Stefan Molyneux is him saying, like, unequivocally to everybody he could, if, you're, if your family sucks, break off ties with them. You know, don't, you know, don't talk to your parents anymore if they're, if they're, uh, you know, part of your ch- trauma. Yeah. And according to Stefan, and if you ever listen to the conversations he, he had with people, it's like, like Freud. Yeah. Let's get right to your childhood and figure out how your parents fucked you. See, my only problem with that aspect of Molyneux is I don't know how much I can trust the stuff that the people are saying. You know, like, I don't yeah. know, I don't know if they're making things look worse for themselves. Uh, but a lot of those, man, it's like if the stuff that you're telling Stefan Molyneux about your parents is true, then you should stop talking to them. It's like if they are not owning up to any of this nightmare that you just yeah. laid out for Stefan Molyneux, then you should leave them. Yeah. Um, but again, I don't know. You know, I didn't I don't listen to like every episode. Did he tell some people who maybe he shouldn't have? I, I don't know. Maybe. Yeah. Um, but. I mean, there's a lot to criticize about Stefan Molyneux if you're if you're into that. But I don't know. I, in general, I think he's valuable. I don't even know why we're talking about that. But he, he helped. I mean, he yeah. really oh, did. Yeah. Uh, another person, that was right around the time when Rogan had Jordan Peterson on for the first oh. time. And I mean, fucking A. You know, yeah. we've talked enough about how much of an influence he's had. Joe, Joe, Ro- Joe Rogan interviewing Jordan Peterson, um, that, that was an important, like, ch- ch- tipping point in my life my, my, you know you know getting introduced to those, to that man and, and those ideas yeah that's been super significant for me yep but uh i listened to that when i was the the warehouse department head uh. at the and that was not a great time for me either man i was like here's the thing it was work man it was like the idea that i'm gonna have to come punch this clock for the rest of my fucking life and I hated it. Yep. And I was like, I, I was just rebelling against it. I was resentful. Um, and I was still just making excuses. Mm. Like I was maybe getting better about some things, but I was just making excuses and not taking my responsibility. Mm. Just like avoiding it any way that I could. And eventually they let me go. So, you know, more stuff that spins you out into negativity. Um, and I had to take unemployment. And then I finally got a job delivering copiers which is kind of a sweet job but i eventually got fired from that yep um 
and then I was unemployed for a while, and then I was bussing tables. Yep. At a, a high end sports bar. Okay. Making, I have like a weird space for that in my mind because it's like I hated it. I was embarrassed by it, but it also like helped me. It made me realize that like. It, I was embarrassed about it, but I, it made me realize that if I work hard, I'll work circles around these people. Oh, yeah. You know, it's like uh, when I did that, they ha- they always had like three bussers on on busy nights. They would let me work by myself because it's like, oh, it's going to get done, you know, and I was embarrassed about doing it, but I just busted my ass, you know. Did you take pride in that? Being able to. T- yeah, um, but. I took some pride in it. Like, it's like, all right, I guess I'm good at this, but I was still just more embarrassed about it. Yeah. Like about the fact that I was 30 and I was, a, I was bussing tables, you know? Um, so eventually I quit there and I went back and I worked at the place that I'm in now. I yep. started in a different department, just like a regular employee yep. and put the same, like that same work ethic. It's like, I'm going to bust my ass. I'm going to do a really good job. Yep. Um, and I've, that's, that helps, man. Yeah. yeah, that made a big difference in my life. Yeah, you, I mean, you hear that, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah, you try hard, you buckle down. It will make a difference. Another thing was learning to play guitar. Like yes. that thing, I got the guitar, and it's like, all right, I'm just gonna make an honest attempt at practicing and learning to do this. And I saw myself getting better, and that really, really helped. Dude, that is more of a heroic story than you give yourself credit for. The guitar thing, because the guitar thing. Because what you're starting to talk about right now is the turning point. So you're, For sure. so yeah, I mean, you, so you had, you were in this kind of nihilistic <coughs> uh, uh, stage. You, like you said, like you admitted several times, you're leaning into all that negativity. You're exploring it. You're letting yourself go to those dark places. You, you know, you're overwhelmed by the amount of obstacles and you're just like, you know, I'm going to, I'm just going to be fuck it for a while. And go wherever that takes you. And it didn't take you anywhere good. Yeah. And then you started to slowly climb out of it. And it sounds like making a little bit, see, seeing yourself making a little bit of money, seeing the hard work paying off, started to change the picture for you. Mm-hmm. Um, making a decision that, may, that maybe you wouldn't have made before, that, you, that might, might be, that might have been a, somewhat of a sacrifice for you to go back to work at this place again, like a regular employee from the, from from the from the bottom of the ladder. It was again. embarrassing. It felt like I'm coming back with my tail tucked between my legs. Like this is the only place that I can work. Right. You know. So, but, but then you start fighting back, clawing your way up, and and <coughs> and and you're you're working hard and putting and putting effort into it, and suddenly there's some kind of respect. There's some kind of uh, self-worth that's starting to happen yeah. as a consequence of that. And it, it's what I see is the resurrection starting to happen. Yeah. And I agree with you. Another thing that happened in that time, keto lost like a hundred pounds. I have that on my list. Yeah. I have keto Kyle on as a bullet point. Yeah. I need to be keto Kyle again, man. So I have a picture. I have two pictures actually. One of me kissing you on the cheek, which is upstairs in my daughter's room. Cause I'm holding her, uh, in the picture. Another one of you in my old kitchen. When you, this was at the height of keto, <laughs> when you and I were both, both doing it, strict and had done it for a, a while and there was a time where you and me were not far off in in weight yeah. we were not far off in weight and uh you were dude you were you were fit man i was like 205 at my lightest and you looked great at 205 you really did yeah i uh, i was also working out quite a bit like that was a point in time where i was like putting that put your nose to the grindstone and just do it into dieting and working out and i was 
I mean, I've got this one picture of myself. It's embarrassing. I will never, ever post it, but I'm standing in a bathroom shirtless, and I was looking pretty good, man. Yeah, nice. Um, so I would like to get back to that. I think you should, and I think yeah. you can. So this is, this, is, this is interesting, man, because it seems to me like you have to – I don't know why you have to, but it seems like you have to get to a point of desperation where you've tried everything You've tried everything, but really you've tried everything easy and nothing has worked. And you have to get to this point of desperation where people finally decide to sacrifice something. And for you, it was whatever idea you had that, uh, of what you were expecting out of life, Mm -hmm. you you, you let that go. And then it was the, uh, hard work. And, uh, and then it was the discipline with your, with your diet. And suddenly you're doing well in your, in your job. You got some self-respect, you're looking better. And, and the, uh, the fact that you were desperate enough to start making those decisions that started to pay off, somehow people have to get there. Mm-hmm. And I wish it, I wish it didn't have to be such a low place for people. And some people never hit that bottom. Yeah. But you did, man. And, and when you started playing guitar, you were in your, you were in your thirties. Yeah. You, you start playing guitar, you know, watching little videos on YouTube and you just didn't stop. You just kept doing it. And I tried it, man, for a little while. I tried it. And I was like learning a couple little chords and then mm-hmm. I got distracted and I didn't have the discipline and I, it didn't go anywhere for me. Next thing I know, you're coming over to my house, you're bringing your guitar with you everywhere you go yeah. and all of a sudden you're like fucking good and, I'm, and it blew me away, man. It was it's a lot like, of fun. It's like, it's like somebody learning a, another language at your age. Kind of. It's what you did, man. That, yeah. That's not easy. I, I, I couldn't do it. I need uh, to get better. I, I mean, but, but yeah, I mean... Yeah, I guess that is a, a kind of a hero's journey. Absolutely it is, I'm man. I'm a guitar hero. <laughs> <laughs> but it's the cherry on top of your resurrection, of that transformation that you took to get to get to where you are now. Yeah. Well, I mean, I think that, you know, I, my fiance now, Chelsea, uh, I had tried to talk to her a bunch of times over the years, and she just, like, was not really that interested. And yep. I can understand why. Yeah. Uh, you know? Um, but eventually I, you know, I didn't really stop. I kept, you know, talking to her, you know, just annoying the shit out of her, I'm sure. But eventually she relented and we hung out and I think she could see that I was not as much of a mess as I used to be. Yep. Uh, so we started and she has been a key part in making me a better person too, because now I have to, and she might not think that I'm that great at this, but I have to start being considerate of of her you know what i mean yes uh and i have to like in the past in my relationships if we got into a fight i was digging my fucking heels in and fuck you you know um don't give an inch what's up don't give an inch nope uh and like back when i was with mary man we had like huge blow-up fights you know and now i look back and i'm embarrassed about that yep you should be yeah you're a little douchebag yeah yeah exactly for sure and and throughout all of my relationships you know the relationship with stephanie after that i treated her like shit you know um and you should be regretful about that i mean i feel bad well i feel bad about it uh i don't beat myself up about it though um it's in the past um you know i feel bad but i what can i do uh, other than try to be good now uh but you know there have been several people who I didn't even necessarily have an actual relationship with that I was just kind of shitty to, that I was just using. Mm. Yep. Um, 
I don't even know where I was going. No, with no, that, I, but I think that's brilliant though to recognize that in hindsight because you do have to get beyond that dark space oh. to realize the yeah. impact that you were doing that. You learn so much about yourself in hindsight. Yeah. It's amazing. Yeah. I, I and realizing that about myself has been a product of being with Chelsea because I love her and I don't want to drive her away by being a fucking dickhead. Dude, I, I, I may have told you this already, and I think this is something I got from Jordan Peterson where he says that women make men self-conscious when he's talking about the story of Adam and Eve in the Bible, and it's it's the truth that a woman um, you know that you're with romantically, a woman that you have to live with, a woman whose life you have to entwine into your own mm-hmm. you have to make room for that and that a woman will point out to you the things that you won't admit to yourself like hey man you're a slob yeah hey man you're kind of a dick mm-hmm. hey man you're not very patient is that women will point out those things that you won't admit to yourself and then you have to deal with them but when when you learn to deal with them you become a better person sure and so as long as you're as long as your woman is honest and has your best interest at heart. And if she's going to be your wife, she should be. And I believe she does. Um, you know, Chelsea's awesome. Um, that, uh, that, that will make you a better person. Be learning to live with somebody else, learning to live as one, as you might say, if you know, in the marriage ceremony Mm -hmm. that when you do that, it does make both of you better, more complete people. Iron sharpens iron, iron sharpens iron. Yeah. Anything else to say about your resurrection, Kyle? Um, just that it's still ongoing. Like yes. I definitely have periods where I'll get, I, I still feel depression. I mean, for sure. Yep. It's not like it's gone completely, but I just don't think it's the end of the world anymore, I guess. Um, and as far as resurrecting goes, there's always room to rise more, you know? And I, that sounds like some stupid Conor McGregor shit to say, but um, it's true. I mean, just, and I, Sometimes I don't lean into this enough. Just try to be better at something, you know, um, at anything. Yep. Whether it's playing guitar, whether it's learning something different, whether it's studying more, whether it's, you know, putting time in for this podcast. Yep. Um, whether it's developing my relationships, uh, you know, um, developing myself so that I can treat the people I'm in relationships with better. Uh, all that stuff. Oh, yeah. And, it's, you know. I'm so happy to hear you say that, man. That's all. That's all legit. Yeah. And I, it's beautiful, man. Um, I want to I, I want to talk I guess I want to I'll talk about my resurrection as well just to kind of round this off so we can wrap this up your your, your resurrection was pretty f- fun I think <laughs> yeah, in some ways it was it, yeah. it, 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 you know what to be fair it was the adventure of my life yeah so uh, you know, and I and I believe like you like you believe that it's not over, and that that there'll be other uh, adventures, and there'll be other struggles, and yeah. it, that's what life is. It's gonna it's gonna continue, but um, but it's so intertwined with your story, and, and it's it's funny. But ultimately, what happened is, again, through a, through a friend of a friend, through mutual acquaintances, I discovered that my that my ex wife was fucking around on me, and uh, that all that all you know blew out and, and fell apart. And I was living uh, in Columbus, and you were living in Cleveland. And I decided uh, when I finally, after I was done with all the mopiness, and I finally hit the bottom where I, yeah, I'd I'd finally finished Lost. (laughs) I think. See, I I, I don't mean to interrupt, but I think your resurrection started a little bit earlier. I think your resurrection started when I was still down there, when you started going out again, and you started when you started smoking weed, like actually, you know. Yeah, yeah, no. No, I agree with you. I, I agree. No, you're right. Because that was a, see, that was a point in time when I was desperate enough to do things I had never done before. Because thing, because what I had done 
to get where I was wasn't working. Yeah. It was clear to me that all the progress I thought I was making in my life, um, it was it was it was an illusion. It was bullshit. It was a house of cards, and I had to figure out a new way to exist. And it, and you're right. I was at I was at rock bottom, and you're right, man. I remember I remember going out. Yeah, you know what I, you know what I remember, man. I remember um, first of all, I remember the first time I bought a girl a drink at a bar. <coughs> The first, the time? first time I was did that late. Uh, I guess you were. You've been like a relationship, dude. Well, we have to remember, man. I when I when I got married the first time, um, I I was twenty years old. That's I, true. I had already been with her since That's since a- I was sixteen, and she had a child. So, I didn't go away to college. I didn't drink. I didn't. Yeah. I didn't do that. I missed all of that part that most you know middle class Americans have that part of their life. I I was working full time, going to school full time, raising this kid, you know, having a family. I did that when I was 19, 20, 21, 22, 23. That's what I was doing, man. Yeah. Um where was it going with this? So you let go. Yeah, so so I, I, one of the stories I wanted to tell you was um when I when I was um first of all guys, I told you I was 300 pounds. So maybe the beginning of my resurrection was getting serious about you my did. Yeah, about that's my true. diet. You got really thin even before keto. You were like yeah. eating soup all the time. Well, I remember, I, I watched that documentary called "Fat, Sick, and Nearly Dead." Yeah, and uh, where the guy just juiced—he was a big fat guy. He just that's juiced right. all his meals. I forgot about the yeah. juicing, Chris. So I bought a juicer and juiced all my meals. Uh, I, I did two meals a day with just big, giant fruit and vegetable juices. I did that for like a month, and I lost a bunch of weight. And then I got into the gym and started uh, couch to 5K, started running for the first time in my life and got a little bit better. And then I was like hovering around 230 from like from 300. So I had made a bunch of progress and I was like, you know, starting to lift lift weights and I was running 5Ks and I was feeling pretty good, but I was still a fat guy. Good old Aaron. Yeah. Then I met Aaron and that's the story I want to tell actually. Uh, Then I met, I met my buddy Aaron uh, who really helped me by the way with, uh, he was, he was a friend that I met in the gym and he just kept me honest and worked with me and, uh, showed me the ropes and, and, you know, kept me accountable and took me running when I didn't want to, and like was supportive. And he was, he was really, uh, really helpful. Shout out to Aaron, man. You know, it was a, a important guy, yep. uh, in, in my resurrection, really my resurrection story. But, um, but I was at Aaron's house and there was a bar across the street from his house and we went there. You, you may have been, you may have been that, with yeah. us. So here I am, like, so I'm just, I'm trying to get out in the world. Like I said, I, I was the first time I bought a girl a, a drink at a bar. I thought I was a pimp. Uh, and so here, so here. I remember, I, oh, that's crazy. Go ahead, I'm sorry. <laughs> so here I am, I, I go to this bar. Guys, I am like in, I'm like in my mid-20s. I go to this bar and there's these girls dancing. And I, I kind of like, like inched over towards them. And uh, uh, I, I inched over towards them and um, uh, started trying to, to, to dance and they just looked at me like I was a, an alien and, and kind of moved away from me. So I went through my fair share of embarrassing moments. But the point is that I met the girl I ended up marrying through uh, mutual friends of yours and Matt's. Yeah. And um, we, uh, you know, we met uh, while she was bartending. And um, next thing you know, she, she's coming to Columbus or I'm going to Cleveland uh, every single weekend. And um, that was the adventure of my life, man. It was uh, coming up to a new city, um, trying to show her a good time when she came to my city, getting outside of my comfort zone, yeah. go, going to bars and restaurants, going places I'd never been before, you know, trying Ethiopian food, yeah. you know, just w- whatever it was, just doing things that I had never done before, taking the risk because I had to, yeah. because, because what I was doing before wasn't working. Yep. 
And next thing you know, I have like a, a beautiful relationship. I have a, a woman who actually appreciates me, who actually thinks I'm valuable, who doesn't make me feel like a piece of shit every day of my life. Um, you know, and you see, you've seen what hap- what's happened to me since I've been here. Yeah. You know, I, uh, you know, it's just been one good thing after after another. I've got two beautiful kids. How crazy is it that you we both grew up in Columbus, uh, and somehow both ended up up here? Just like it's weird. It is weird. It's weird, man. Well, point, um, I think I think it was probably a good good place to wrap it up right at right at the end of the of the resurrection. Sure. Uh, I don't know that we did justice to the dark period as, as much as I thought we might, oh, just I because of the I bouncing could. around. But oh yeah, I mean, I could it, I could maybe I'll do a solo episode where I talk right. about the really dark shit. All right, guys. Well, that was the not so good old days, but the good old days nonetheless. Yeah, yeah. It, you know, came out the other end all right. All right. Well, thanks for hanging in with us, guys. Until next time. See I love you later. You. Yeah. Bye.